dude, I had a video on, on, or one of my videos say like, dude, you're trash. Oh, really? Yeah, you're one of the worst DJs I've ever seen. I'm like, yo, this is not it. You know how many times I've seen that comment or some comments like that? Like, but dude, at the end of the day, I'd be like, <laughs> I am kind of trash. <laughs> like, I got to get better. I am kind of trash at that thing. Maybe he wasn't wrong. Or maybe if I feel good enough, I'll say, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not trash. Mm-hmm. I'm not the best, but I'm not trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I'm speaking as if I have always known this information. I have not. I just turned on a camera and started talking to it. And my life changed ever since. Because um, I'm, I'm very much so more comfortable with my skin. A lot mm. of people are not. Yeah. And I think that's, that's why there's so much hate in this world right is because i'm not comfortable with my skin so let me let me bag on someone let me pull them right back down to where i'm at welcome to guys that listen i'm peter and we got special guest jacob on the pod today what's up y'all i go by the name of jacob messina um i'm 24 years old pretty average guy but i have a current obsession with djing as well as content creation nice dude how long you've been doing this well djing in particular i started in 2015 oh, wow. um yeah and i don't really tell that part of it because i wasn't ever really taking it seriously mm. but it wasn't until about 2018 2019 when i met this person is he goes by the name of christian thurston love that guy he's yeah. one of the best people in the world um yeah he kind of put me on track for a better part of uh, my my dj career oh nice how'd you meet christian so i actually knew a girl in high school considered her an older sister figure in my life mm. she was working with him at the time at this place called tender greens and then um i don't know what uh how the conversation sparked maybe i think it was when i released a mix Oh. Yeah, so it was like this super Asian ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> really? That was your shit back then? Like the inspiration was like, you know, like 2018 ABG. Mm. Um, anyways, yeah, dark times. Yeah, we, we'll play that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she she knew that I, I had a passion for interest or a passion slash interest in DJing. And then, you know, she just happened to know Thurston mm-hmm. um, and two and two met together wow that's crazy yeah so what did you you said you weren't taking it serious what were you doing during that time when you were djing yeah yeah yeah. so whenever the reason why i don't really include that part is because that's the phase in my life where i was like oh this is just a side quest Mm. (laughs) for lack of a better term right like this is something that i just randomly decided to do uh my dad actually used to dj back in the day he wasn't as serious into it as i am now um but he used to DJ and, you know, he, I, I don't know if you've ever, if I've ever told you the story, but I was sitting shotgun in my dad's car and I had downloaded this app. I don't even remember the name of the app. Mm. Um, probably like DJ, uh, DJAY, something like that. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I found out that you could put two songs together. And at the time I had like five songs on my iPod, <laughs> um, five songs or two of them were Anaconda by Nicki Minaj and Push It. Oh, by wow. salt and pepper don't ask me why yeah very strange kid yeah <laughs> i went on that app put those two songs together and i was sitting in my my dad's car sitting shotgun i said hey dad can i can i plug into aux and then put it in there and i just put those two songs together from then he was like yo like do you know about djing like and i was like i don't know i just wanted to try it and he's like cool i'll, I'll help you i'll set you up and from there i just i was competing in, in taekwondo at the time mm-hmm. My priorities were there. I have priorities as Taekwondo, as school, as just being a good kid. Mm-hmm. And then I had this DJ thing that was on the side. I was like, oh, 
you know, if if I wanted to, like it was there, but never really anything that grabbed me or pulled me. Um, and it wasn't until that 2018 point in my life that it really changed. Oh, so what was it? Was there something that just clicked or? I think it was seeing the club scene on social media. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some Something like that or, you know, what you consume on social media. You're like, oh, dude, this is so cool. I want to yeah. be a part of this movement of like ratchet, hip hop, like, oh, my God. And then, uh, yeah, I think I just decided to pick it up oh. and, and I just ran with it. Nice. Did you play any instruments or? Were Not you musical before? Really? Not at all. Yeah. Can't sing for the life of me. Can't, di- <laughs> can't dance for the life of me. Oh, dude. I am the odd Asian out. I'm no, dude. You're not. They, that's, <laughs> oh, what they always say about the, that's what they say about the Filipinos. You, you got to be able to do one of those things. Right. It's dance, sing, or you got to be DJ. That's yeah. Your own lens. Yeah. I, I actually tried drumming. That didn't, that didn't go too far. Really? <laughs> yeah. That was about a two-month process, and I was like, this is so boring. So when did you see it as something that you wanted to pursue? When I started seeing it as like, art. I think the one thing that really pulled me closer was Miles Medina. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I was on YouTube and I was watching him, you know, scratch and do these tricks. And I was like, I want to be like that. Like, and I talk about this all the time with my friends. There's two types of DJing, right? There's Mm -hmm. the party DJing and then there's the performance DJing. Yeah. And, you know, I know you're surrounded by it all the time. We, We have tons of DJ friends, but... You know, like we get caught up in that mix, no pun intended, mm-hmm. of, you know, wanting to play for a crowd, you know, looking up or excuse me. Yeah, just looking up from your controller and seeing all these people. And you're like, I, my job is to make you guys happy mm-hmm. or make you guys dance. Right. And if yeah. I'm not doing that, I'm not doing my job. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, well, when I'm in my bedroom, I come up with these cool tricks and ideas that scream Jacob Messina. Mm-hmm. But I can't necessarily do them because they may not translate, right? But Miles Medina was one of those people, pivotal figure in my life. Um, he's actually someone who I can even text at this moment. It's one of the coolest people in, on the entire planet. Um, and he, he just kind of opened that door for me that it is possible to perform and play for a party too. Yeah, so. he does that really well. It's a good Ridiculously balance. well, yeah. yeah. Prior to... All that. Did you ever perform in front of people? Because I know you said you did Taekwondo. Perform is, you know, if we're talking generally, yes. All the time. Really? So, you know, I was really into, I guess, being, I I hated public speaking. But my thing was, and this happened in like eighth grade. I was like, if I hate something, well, maybe it's because I I just don't think I'm good enough at Mm. it. Right? And it's not because maybe I'm not a public speaker. I just haven't practiced it enough. So I actually ran for student council. Um, in eighth grade, wow! I became student council president. Oh, you did! Damn. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for my school. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, that was like the first big thing for me, um, and then it just kind of catapulted because I loved doing things in front of other people for whatever reason. I get these chills all the time, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's a good sign. And and now that I'm thinking about it and you know reflecting on it, I do love uncomfortability if that is a word Mm, discomfort yeah you know and and i i enjoy throwing myself into the deep end a lot kind of like what you said taking risks Mm. Uh, i do the same thing a lot in my day to day that's one thing about you that i've always noticed that you you learn very quickly like not just like surface level stuff but you dig like you go down like a rabbit hole like everything that you do even when you now like have taken on a role of like a content creator kind of right Mm -hmm. like you're looking up gear you're like learning about these things and but even more so 
what I've noticed is that you're not too focused on the gear, mm -hmm. even though you enjoy it, mm -hmm. right? Everyone's mm -hmm. got gas, right? Gear <laughs> acquisition syndrome, yeah. but you really focus on the art. Like what you're doing now, as far as like content creator and telling a story, I think you really excelled with it like quickly, you know? Like it, it's not about the gear, it's mm -hmm. about the skill that's behind it. And you, you're really good at showing that. Dude, yeah, no, thank you. Um, ironically enough, you use the word Excel. That was my old Taekwondo studio's name. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's Excel Taekwondo Center. Right? Yeah, so shout out to Excel Taekwondo Center. Um, and I learned that foundation of hard work. And I used the word earlier, obsession. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just an average guy, you know, and, and I'll never talk higher about myself than what I know I am. But mm. the one thing that I think I pride myself in is if I enjoy something, I'm not going to go 100. I'm going to go 105, 105%. Mm. And that's just because I truly value the idea of like exploring every aspect of it because it's just going to pile on. It's just pieces, yeah. right? Um, and I set these big goals for myself that I know I can't achieve. Really? Yeah, I do it all the time. Like what? Uh, 100 days of scratching was one of them. I mean, you did achieve that. I did, but I definitely didn't think that I could. Oh. Um, you wanna know a fun fact? What? I actually, you remember that day I called you about dropping out of grad school? Oh, yeah. You remember that, right? I do, I do. How can I forget the conversation? <laughs> you don't need to know the, the details or anything, just okay. the concept of it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm sitting in this classroom, it's week two, right, of grad school, and I'm just on my computer, and my professor calls on my name, Jacob, what did you think of the reading? And, and I looked up from my computer, right? And I was like, I'm gonna be honest, professor, uh, I didn't read that. I didn't read it. I'm just gonna be honest with you. And then if you look down at my computer, if my classmate looked at it, you just see day 56 getting planned out. Because oh. I just, I, I got stuck in this zone of like, you know, wanting to achieve things that, you know, I know that I, I want to achieve. And that was the key word is want. Mm -hmm. It's not that I can't finish grad school or it's not that I can't, you know, pursue a career in student counseling, which again, that's something that, you know, I, I talked to you about, yeah. I wanted to pursue. It's more so if I have one life to live and, and that goes into the whole thing about my mom that maybe we can touch on later. Yeah, yeah of course. If you have one life to live, you just don't waste it. You know what I mean? Just start living it now. And, and that was just my philosophy because what happened to me on December 25th of 2022 changed my life forever. Um, and I know I was a certain way before that too, but now it's just amplified, mm. but I'm having so much fun. I'm broke, you know, I'm, I'm broke. I, I don't necessarily have a specific plan, mm. but I think it's just this goal towards a vision and I just fill in the pieces. Like I write that, I, I did this thing on a, a plane recently. I wrote the ending of my 20s. Really? I just decided to do it. Yeah, I don't know why, what, what pulled me towards it. I think it's just this uh, influx of like storytelling and stuff like that. So I said, you know what? Let me write the ending of how I want my third, my 20s to look, excuse me. Oh, um, wow. And so now it's just fill in the blank. That's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I've been getting more uh, guests that come on, they talk about writing a lot. Sure. And you know, in certain ways of like, oh, it's manifestation or mm -hmm. it's just me planning where I want to go. And yeah. a lot of it is, you know, you start at, the end of it yeah like oh you know i where's the point that i want to be in my career in a couple of years from now sure they start from there and then they go back you mm -hmm. know and they fill in the pieces but mm -hmm. usually from the word that you said wants like I'll, what i notice is what they're writing is what they truthfully want mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. these notebooks that they journal in 
they're just laying it all out there because mm-hmm. they're just being honest to themselves. No, this is not for anyone else, but for Correct. yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I'm not a spiritual guy at all, but these people have seen like ample amounts of success, and it's almost like I'm swayed by the fact that it is really happening for, for these people. You know, I actually started writing like that recently. Fire. Yeah. Like, I don't like the, the word manifestation, so mm-hmm. I call it, like, futurization. So it's just, sure. like, the, like how the future is going to be. <clears throat> and, like, I every day I'll write the where I want to be in different aspects of life because I don't think life is just, like, one thing, whether sure. it's just business or, you know, family or friends. Mm-hmm. So I go back from that and I figure out the pieces. Mm-hmm. And seeing, like, from there I can figure out what the goals are, mm-hmm. you know, like how to get there. Like yeah. the milestones and the steps on the way, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's a new process to me. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm no pro writer mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah. But I think the problem with writing is that it gets associated with fiction, right? Mm-hmm. Or like this, oh, storytelling, like yeah. dragons and monsters and things like that. But what if you could write your story? You know, what I mean, how would you write it? Like your ideal life, yeah. and that's something that I've always been fascinated about. Um, So I did write some version of my ideal life of what I think I would want at 29 years old and, Mm. you know, 364 days, right? But uh, again, do I think I can achieve it? Well, why not? Why not, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people might tell, tell me like, hey, you know what? Maybe you might not get to where your story ends. I don't want to think that way, at least until I'm 29 and 364 days old yeah so that's kind of what draws me to that that whole aspect of writing and just creating that path for yourself again obstacles right there is the dragon right behind the treasure right and it's it's absolutely true i'm not discounting that and i'm I'm not even discounting the fact that it could change my my story could change somewhere in the lines but hey if i'm feeling good and i i know that i'm in a clear state of mind right like nothing is influencing me um I'm just writing purely from my heart. Well, what is it that I want, right? And that will ultimately always, 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 at least in my experience, pull me closer and closer to it rather than just turning off my brain, going on autopilot and just seeing what happens. Yeah, I agree with that. So now I got to ask you, what did you write? All the details of it, um, I won't really disclude because I don't want to speak it into existence until it's there, Gotcha. but it will happen. Okay. Uh, It's inevitable. But I think... It's this life that you can see my smile on my face. I can see it. Because I, uh, I was sitting in an airport um, and I was typing it out on my iPad. And it had a lot to do with, of course, DJing is in there. Um, there are two huge inspirations in my life. Ruigi Villasenor, who is mm. the owner of Rude, um, and Miles Medina. And it's some healthy balance of those two, but mm. unapologetically me. You know, we're going to backtrack a little bit and go back to the, the day that your life changed. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I, it's very important to you. And I'm sure like, yeah, we've discussed it off the pod and I just want to get to understand like how, how you've been since then, you know, yeah. I really, I'm yeah. trying to catch up with your life and see how you've been. Lonnie always tells me this. Um, she says that, you know, you have to give yourself time to process and you have to give yourself time to, to breathe. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this. The day I found out that my mom had cancer, I was, it was 10 minutes before I had a work meeting, Mm. 10 minutes before. And I found out that news like a bomb, you know what I mean? And you're not going to believe what I did. (laughs) I texted my boss and I'm, I'm very close to my boss. Mm. 
the, the person who also coached me when I was competing. Mm-hmm. And I said, hi, sir, I just found out some, you know, very, very difficult news to swallow. And I had, he actually gave me the option to, to step out and take the day off. And I said, no. I said, I want to go in that meeting and I want to continue as normal. And mm. to be completely honest with you, that's how I conducted my life for a very, very long time. And from, you know, days of focusing on replacing that whatever feeling it was that I was feeling with some sort of production, yeah. it, it became almost like I was building these layers on top of whatever feeling was supposed to get felt. And if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I don't think I've even pulled off the layer to get me to that point yet. Oh, wow. But what is super duper important about the, you know, my, my current experience of life mm-hmm. is that I'm not dragged down by it. I'm inspired by it. Um, mm-hmm. I posted a, a video recently on, on Saturday and I really like including my mom in a lot of the pieces of content that I make. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not to be this sob story of, oh, dude, yeah, Jacob lost his mom at whatever age. It's really because she taught me enough. And that's something that gave me goosebumps. I was on a morning walk with a close friend of mine, um, someone who also lost a parent. And I, you know, I, I, I told him, I said, hey, man, I just want you to know, like, you're doing really good in life. And we're doing really good in life. And that our parents gave us enough. You know, they gave us the blueprint. They drew whatever story it was. Mm-hmm. They taught us the lessons, the morals, the, the sayings. And sometimes that's all you can ask for. And that's and I think that's one of the main reasons why when I live my life now, it's unapologetic, it's unfiltered. And you heard me make fun of myself like 10 times, but <laughs> yeah. you got to be comfortable. And, I, and, and that's that's one of the main things that I'm learning as time goes is be comfortable with your own skin, because if you don't love yourself, dude, who's going to love you harder than you? That is true. 100 percent factual on that, dude. That's wild because I did not expect you to answer like that at all. I have felt that, you know, I didn't know where you were at with that because, you know, yeah. I've, I've known you since that. Yeah. We've talked about it since then. And, you know, I think as life goes, these conversations happen more frequently, right? Yeah. Because you get older, people pass. And in the way that you were living your life, I, I couldn't tell if you were still processing it mm-hmm. or you were coping already or yeah. you've already fully grieved mm-hmm. and now that you're telling me that you know you you feel maybe not the void but like the the time that you need to process those feelings with other things but at the same time using it as like inspiration because mm-hmm. now you know your mom lives through in your content correct and it's not in a way again it's like a sob story or anything like that correct like if anything it helps tell you the story mm-hmm. of how great she is yeah. right it's like your memory of her is nothing sad Mm -hmm. and it shows up and i'm i think you're the first person i've ever heard talk about someone passing like that especially someone like a parent i for sure am blessed um to have this thick skin whatever skin that Mm -hmm. i have on my body that has a layer of lotion on top of it because i love (laughs) moisturizing i love it i don't know why (laughs) side topic i am fully aware that for whatever reason, things get processed in my head a lot differently than other people. Mm. I am, I pride myself in really caring about other people. I, for, I want to say a good part of my high school as well as early community college days, I was a peer mentor. 
And to describe that very loosely and generally for the audience, uh, I was someone who talked to the incoming freshmen or outgoing seniors, mm -hmm. right? And, and said, hey, you know, like, what's, what's going on? What's your plan? Like, let me help you out. And, you know, I, you wouldn't expect to hear the stories that I've heard, but a lot of people from all walks of life, I've learned different lessons from. Mm -hmm. And I, I, maybe that even that, just hearing some, you know, really easy to hear stories, also some really tough stories, kind of builds that that layer right yeah that armor and mm. again do i completely know what i'd be like if i wasn't a peer mentor and then experience what i experienced with my mom absolutely not but what i can tell you is that i was given some sort of tool in my life to help me cope and process things and turn them into something beautiful mm. but I, I highly doubt that that's exclusive to me yeah i mean i'm i'm sure there are similar stories you know yeah, uh, yeah. but is it rare i i think so mm -hmm. you know i've talked to a lot of people who have had a uh, loved one that they've lost yeah and you know i think it goes either way where it's either it makes you or it breaks you 100 you know, i've seen it where people don't heal for years and sometimes ever really yeah. you know but also i do see it as they could use it as fuel yeah you know it's just in the way that you do, I, it makes a lot of sense now that you mentioned that you did that for school. And also it makes sense that you want to be a counselor because that all aligns with like other people. But I think now you paint such a vivid picture of who you are. Like I get you yeah. a lot better because you said that. Yeah. And one of the things that I always took from you was that you've always asked questions yeah. and about life experiences from other people and yeah. you're, I feel like you're one of the few people who actually learn from other people in that way. Mm -hmm. You know, a mm -hmm. lot of people ask for advice for certain things, but they're mm -hmm. not really taking it in. Mm -hmm. They're more like, let me experience it. I'll learn from my own mistakes. Right. And mm -hmm. I don't really get that from you. I get it. It's like you're able to take their experiences and then utilize that as a tool somehow. Yeah. And that's yeah. like very different. I think humility is, is one of the things, you know, I come from mm -hmm. a martial arts background. So listening is something that comes naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it sometimes it happened, you know, when I when I learned to listen, it was not even by choice. Sometimes I do. <laughs> okay, that sounds very wrong. But <laughs> there are certain things that you don't want to do in life, yeah. right? And but there are people who see the outside looking in, the bird's eye view, and they're like, dude, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, right? It's always starting with those ones, right? Yeah. Those those phrases. Yo, I'm gonna be honest with you. Yo, can I talk to you for a second, man? Like, you know, and they give you the sideways yeah, look. Yeah. Um, I I invite those conversations. I, I invite a lot of conversations that make me feel uncomfortable. Again, we go back mm. to that theme of feeling uncomfortable, feeling my, my the hairs on my arms start to raise throughout my body. Yeah. But that's a good feeling to me. And, you know, maybe, yes, some people are adverse to those that feeling, and it's completely normal. Mm. But if, for example, you knew that someone knew something that would help propel you to where you want to be, again, if I'm following my storyline correctly, mm. right? And this let's say mage, very wise mage knew the answer to unlocking a certain thing, right? Mm -hmm. If we're talking about a side quest, yeah, right? Why, why, why wouldn't I ask, right? Why, why wouldn't I, mm -hmm. you know, what, what is so, what is so prideful about me that I can't admit fault, you know? And I, and that's something that I love, especially when I uh, interact with Lonnie in my relationship is like, I love admitting I did something wrong, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm okay with it because as, as soon as you realize you're not a perfect person or you don't have to hold yourself up to such a high standard, again, the theme of making fun of myself, oh, life becomes a lot easier. At least the mindset, 
Yeah. Right. I'm not saying that you're not, I'm not going to experience the biggest, you know, hardships and obstacles, but Hey, you know, with a positive mindset, what I was mentioning to you, right? Like yeah. your positive mindset, things get that much easier. It does. Damn, dude. I feel like you, uh, you learn things like it's so quick because you're just 24 and it sounds like I'm talking to someone full of life experiences. Mm. You know, that's what I'm getting out of you, mm. but that's because you're taking a part of everyone that you've interacted with and somehow you've used it to do what you're doing right now. Like that's, that's great. Cause everything that you're saying would be advice that I would want to give to like younger people, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. already have it. You know, what's crazy is like you said a phrase, you're only 24. I came into this room in my head. I can't believe I'm 24. Mm. You just changed my mind. You mm. know what I mean? And, and it's things like that, right? Like I love grabbing those little tidbits, like yeah. those little nuggets of information that people overlook because all things things happen through mindset at least through my opinion Mm -hmm. right like if i don't believe sorry like i told you i used to compete yeah if i don't believe i'm gonna win oh i'm already losing the second that i step in that ring right that's that what if that person on the other side of this ring believes that he's gonna kick my ass right yeah but me on this side of the ring thinks oh my god what if I lose? What if I lose in front of all these people? Nine times out of 10, you're probably going to lose. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and, and that's the thing that I think really helps me focus on the battles that I face from day to day life, right? Like bills to pay, you know, like cultural shame, mm-hmm. right? Those things are huge, right? Yeah. Well, if I stand in front of those things, X, Y, and Z reason, and I say, yeah, I, I am really like a, like a Asian screw up, like I'm following this path or you know what? Yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to get that money. Well, you're stepping in the battle losing. True. Right. Mm-hmm. You're thinking in the deficit, but again, do I think I'm, I'm always thinking like this? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Oh God. I, I fluctuate in between it. Like I told you, I walked into this room thinking, can't believe I'm already 24. Right. But you just said, dude, you're only 24. Yeah. It only took that for me to just keep repeating in my head, you're only 24, you're only 24, you're only 24. Yeah. Now get this. Get it Should done. work. I tell myself I'm only 36, so you can imagine <laughs> you come in. I still think you've reached that, you know, at least a level of success with that mindset. Regardless, what if you were thinking, God, I'm already 36 and I haven't done this? Yeah. You'll always hate yourself. Well, if you hate yourself, then who else is going to drive this car? That's true. I, <clears throat> I found that for me, I've always felt young like I've never a day in my life felt old sure you know and I think it's because I feel like I'm still capable yeah you know I think you feel old when you feel like you're no longer capable of doing what young mm-hmm. people do mm-hmm. that's when you start feeling old mm-hmm. you know that's when you're like oh I'm too old to do this I'm too old to do that yeah but I've been always a believer of like you're only as old as you feel exactly and I'm a guy where you know it's very similar like you very average guy yeah. throughout my whole life was never really good at anything, like rarely ever excelled at anything. Everything that I became decent at, it required a crazy amount of work. Sure. Right? Just naturally very average. Mm. And I started a lot of things very old. You know, I mm-hmm. started dancing when I was 22, started photography when I was like 25. Mm-hmm. Anything that like I'm semi-decent at now, it took over a decade to even yeah think that myself you know yeah but a lot of it was because i never let the idea of like age yeah against my head yeah 
And also because I love the things that I do. Yeah. And you know, when you love it and you adore it and like you can't stop thinking about it, you know, for me it's like like you were saying, you get obsessed. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get obsessed and that's all you think and that's what you dream of when you sleep. Yeah. It becomes really easy to continue to do it, even though people might be like, Oh, aren't you too old to be doing that? Yeah. Or isn't it too late? That's probably the worst thing, right? Yeah. Like when people say, Isn't it too late for you to do this or yes. that? Like to me, I'm like, Whoa, you should not be around those people yes. most of the time, you know? So in your case, being only 24, doing what you want to do, do you feel like now you're on track? So I, I think this is a, it's a very interesting question, right? Because I, I did write the ending, yes, right? But when it comes to f- filling in the details, the side quests, the main challenges, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't necessarily think of it as being on track for something. I think of it as just like a progress bar um, Mm. that fluctuates. And I'm going to be honest, sometimes that progress bar may seem like it's going back, but it's always going forward. Mm. It can't go back. You can't uncomplete a mission. Yeah. Right? Can't take it back. Just go back to, you know, playing Mario, right? Yes, you can turn around, but it'll probably stop you from from turning back around. Actually, it does stop you, if I'm not mistaken. And and that's the thing is what what I like about how I've been living life recently is like, my goal was 100 days of scratching. Through 100 days of scratching, you're not gonna believe what I learned. Mm. I learned content creation, I learned content scheduling, I learned videography, I learned video editing, and it's all because I found an interest in something, Mm. and I just turned back and I realized, oh shoot, it's December 15th and now I know how to do all these things. I'll just apply it somewhere else for my new project. So to answer your question, do I feel like I'm on track? I'll answer it this way. I feel like I'm doing what I need to do right now, mm. which may answer that question or may not, but that's what feels right to me to say to you. I think it does. I mean, the fact that you feel right about it is what tells me that you are on track. Yeah. You know, cause it goes back to what we were saying the entire time. Mindset and belief is everything. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you're behind, you're probably behind. You know, if you feel like you're on track, you're probably on track. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but oh, no, I, I think it's a perfect way to to drop this phrase that I learned. I'm a psych major. Okay. Yeah, and it was this term called cognitive dissonance. Mm, yes. And, it, you know, it's this idea of, like, your brain thinking one thing, and then your body will adjust to it, mm. right? And, and it's exactly what you were just saying right now, right? Like, if I think I'm behind... Well, then I'm just going to feel like I'm behind. Mm-hmm. My whole body's going to show it. You want to know how? You're fucking frowning. Excuse me for cursing. No, um, go. It's, you, you can curse like <laughs> you. You're good. You just look mopey. But that's yeah. why I was saying that my perception of you was so different than what you were telling me earlier. Not to say that, again, you can't go through those things. Mm-hmm. or, But I just felt like a very positive energy from you. And that kind of comes from someone that's telling themselves every morning, like, you know what? Maybe I am having a bad day, but... I'm not going to let that happen for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. it starts bad. It's not going to end bad. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And even if it's nine o'clock and I'm going to sleep at nine 30, which I don't, I, <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, as a DJ, we, we are night owls. We're bats. Like yeah. we learn to sleep at like whatever. Anyways, it, it doesn't have to end that way. Regardless if it started, no matter how far it is, it could be 99% complete. But as long as I tell myself, you know what? There's one good thing that happened today. It's that I didn't let it end bad because I'm smiling. Hmm. Or maybe I'm thinking in my head like, you know what? Maybe today sucked, but tomorrow is going to be 10 times better. Because there's only one direction now. Yeah. Right? If today is shitty, then yeah, you could go up, right? You have to. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm, 
I'm glad you're really uh, elaborating on all this mindset stuff. Being yeah. a psych major kind of makes sense too. <laughs> Everything's mm. kind of lining up right now. I'm starting to picture Jacob right here. I was also a coach for <laughs> martial arts. So oh, okay. it's hence why all this like mind stuff stuff is really important. Yeah. Because I, I think that, you know, a lot of people that, you know, feel like they're in a deficit or they feel like, you know, maybe I'm not doing as good as I was going to make a video about this. I'm just going to share it right now. Okay. The, thing that I was going to make a video about was I was going to say, guys, can we talk about this thing called hate? Hmm. And I was going to say, I'm a hater. I used to be a hater. Right. And what does hate mean? Hate means that you look at somebody on your Instagram feed and you're like, dude, that person, the only reason why they're succeeding is because they're rich. Hmm. The only reason why she's doing well is because she's a girl. That couldn't have been more far from the truth. Why? Because let's just replace that word hate with jealousy. I'm jealous of this person because I think he's rich. Mm. I'm jealous of her. She's reaching this level of success. I'm not a girl. Maybe that's the reason why she's... No, 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 no. Because that traps a lot of people. And I've seen it happen to my friends. Mm. And it's not that I'm not... It's an awkward conversation to have. You know, when, when you see people go through that certain thing or that certain phrase, it's, it's more so because it's like, hey, it's okay that you're not at that level of success. It doesn't mean you're not able to get there, right? I, at one point in my life, believed there is no way I will ever be a content creator. Hmm. There's no way. I saw what, it was, what people were doing. I'm like, the level of expertise, of mastery. But, dude, the whole point of content creation, especially stuff that, you know, romanticizes your own life which is stuff that i'm doing right now very ironic because my first two jobs were about helping other people mm -hmm. and now it's all about me look at this selfish guy <laughs> um you learn that you you have your own story to tell and that's why again this whole storytelling theme is just revolving around my head um and it it's okay if it's imperfect because it's supposed to be imperfect and a lot of people think it needs to be this level because they've watched a high level of creator, a high level skilled DJ do a certain thing. But again, doesn't mean that you're not able to be in those shoes someday. Yeah. Right. And I just cannot believe that, you know, I fall into that category of, oh, I don't believe in myself well enough. And that's this is the only cap I have, because to be honest, this is the only thing stopping me or stopping another person. From, from reaching that high level of success. Mm. I gave myself goosebumps the other day. I made this one video, and it was a video I posted on Saturday, and it was the best video I ever made in my life. Mm. And I said it with my chest. Really? I looked you straight in the eye and I said it. <laughs> yeah, right? I believe you. Yeah, and you believed me, right? Yeah, I do. Because I believed it. And you know, that only happened because I said, I actually filmed one revision, or I filmed one rough draft of that video. Mm. It took me about six hours to make, you know, I was, Again, the stuff that comes with, and I'm sure other content creators can, but for the general audience, when you're making content, I think the, the best way to do it is to write it out first, is to plan it. Yeah. My opinion. There's some stuff that can be spontaneous. Totally agree. I absolutely agree. But for storytelling in particular, you don't have a story if you don't have context, you know, the climax to get there, and the resolution. Yeah. And sometimes you can't just make that up. I mean, you can't just do that on the spot. You have to sit down and write about it. So that process for me took a while. Mm. And next we talk about shot selection, right? Wait, you're a DJ. You know, you should know about shot selection. No, I'm not just a DJ. You know, I'm Jacob Messina. Yeah. I could be anything I want. 
right? As long as I put my mindset to it. And that, to, to be honest with you, if you look at my YouTube history, mm-hmm. you don't see many DJ videos. Mm. You see how to film yourself cinematography, uh, cinematically, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or here's the next best camera for shooting X, Y, and Z reasons. Or here's a real estate video that shows you how to shoot wide and, you know, get those mm-hmm. visuals. Again, I, I cannot define myself as one thing. That's why I said I'm currently obsessed with, and that's what was my intro, because mm-hmm. those are the things that are interesting me right now. But again, um, to kind of tie it all back in together. I finished shooting the video, finished editing it, and I showed it to some of the people who I think are very important to me in my life, uh, including myself. And I sat there and I was like, eh, I could do better. And it was like a seven hour process. And I was just sitting in my room, right? Like completely exhausted, like bags under my eyes, right? My room is a mess with every single angle that I could possibly do it. Again, right? We're, I'm just figuring this stuff out. Mm-hmm. I'm no professional cameraman. Like I don't know the angles. I just put stuff in. If it looks good, it feels right, let's do it. Press record, right? But um, again, seven, eight hour process. I sat there. I was like, this is not good enough. Definitely not. Again, what you were talking about earlier, like maybe I don't feel like it's worthy. But mm-hmm. it, for me, it wasn't. I, I don't feel like... It's not that I didn't feel like it was worthy. I knew in my head mm. that this was, let's say, a 9 out of 10. But I could make it a 10. So if I can make it a 10, why not make it a 10? Just takes that much effort, maybe another day. A day out of 365? Shoot, that's nothing. <laughs> that's true. Dude, you're, <clears throat> you're blowing my mind right now. Like, with the way you approach things. Because, um, again, just going back to it, it, a lot of what you have right now, it's really wise and it takes a long time to learn it feels like and i'm dealing with this currently in my life uh with people younger than me typically right i have have younger brothers who are 18 19 and -hmm. they're going through something very similar but their mindset is very different so you know you you said you have like certain idols and there's certain benchmarks that you want to reach like i have you know younger people who i talk to who because they have these benchmarks actually sets them back because they feel like they're not worthy or they're not good mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you view it as a challenge because it makes you uncomfortable because mm-hmm. you're not there yet. So therefore, you're going to push yourself to mm-hmm. get there. Mm-hmm. If you were to talk to, and I'm sure you talk to people just as young, if not younger too. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. If you were to give them a piece of advice on if they're in this time in their life where they feel like they're always being compared to someone else, especially, you know, day of social media. And it takes away from their happiness and their fulfillment because they think that they're never good enough. And achievement's not really achievement because someone's already done that or done it better. Mm -hmm. Like, what would you, what advice would you give them to change that? Easy. Put yourself in front of a camera and press the record button and start talking. Mm. That's it. Really? That's it. Why? Nine times out of 10, including this guy, speaking from experience, I've I've thought myself out of certain ideas Hmm. that were absolutely fantastic in my head. I'm talking about the creativity, like people don't understand that. And I'm not using this, I'm gonna use the word million dollar idea, not as a monetary, you know, scheme or anything, but again, a valuable idea, something that matters. Yeah. uh, If not to the world, to yourself, right? They start here and nine times out of 10, they end here. Isn't that, isn't that crazy, right? Like, you can have this crazy vision in your head. Like, oh, I'm going to be standing here, um, you know, on a rooftop hotel someday. You know, I'm, I, I just parked my Bugatti in the valet parking spot. But then, you know, you, you like, 
look down at where you're at currently and you're like, wait, that's not it. I'm, that's, I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming, right? That's a problem because it's not a dream. Mm. It's not just a dream, right? Well, if you really want that and that's something that is interesting to you, that lifestyle or whatever, well, then pursue it. Draw that blueprint for yourself. Mm. And if you don't know the blueprint, ask people who do or at least get you to a next checkpoint right like let's talk about just this again it feels like a video game is this what i'm describing to you. <laughs> yeah because it kind of is and a lot of people don't at least for me i i had to stop and realize that a lot of checkpoints that i've reached in my life were overcoming a boss an mm. obstacle something right and what am i doing right now to become a better dj 100 days of scratching training 100 days of mixing training mm -hmm. again i'm just creating this storyline version of what i want my life to be like and i'm not hesitating because it is the most imperfect thing things that i release onto the internet mm -hmm. and you're absolutely right you mentioned digital footprint right i'm afraid of releasing this content into the world um, and again i'm very early in my content creating journey i have been creating content for close to a year and a half two years but it's you know it's not where i want to be because mm -hmm. i have way bigger plans and visions these are just the stepping stones to get yeah. there and again a lot of people think themselves out of this idea of ah oh, dude i should shoot content um you know like i have this great idea and you know i want to do it I, I have it all planned out i know what it is and then i check on check in on them a week later and it's like oh yeah yeah i had i had school you know i had to take my you know i had to take my my little brother you know to work like a lot of people mention time as their excuse mm. a lot of people yeah but really it's not time it's the mental anxiety that you face when you're, you feel like you are imperfect or you're going to put something out there that's going to be judged. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, <clears throat> I've seen it in things that are not content. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's funny because now I've been talking to a lot of people who others would write off as lazy. Yeah. Because they just don't do the work that's needed sure. or... They say they would do one thing, but they're not following up with it, right? Sure. But funny enough, the things that they usually procrastinate with typically require more energy, mm -hmm. you know, if not at least the same amount yeah. to do. Yeah. So let's say it's like this person's like, I'm going to edit this video. It's going to be a great video. Yeah. They're just sitting there, you know, cutting up the clips. They're, they're on their computer. Yeah. And they stop. They're like, you know what? I'm going to do my laundry. You know what? I'm going to go to the gym. You know, what? I'm going to do something else. Mm -hmm. All those things require a lot of energy too, mm -hmm. but they're just procrastinating. It's not that they're lazy. Mm -hmm. It's just something's obstructing them from executing, mm -hmm. whether it is like anxiety, like you were saying, mm -hmm. or just in general, like self doubt. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like that happens with a lot of people, like myself included. You know, we talked about it a little bit off the podcast, you know, Correct. and how I lean on having someone else as almost like a scapegoat. Like I could do things, mm -hmm with other people because if i fail we fail sure so it's not just me mm -hmm. i'm not the only one failing you mm -hmm. know so <clears throat> even i have troubles with trying to get my mindset out of that because i i found myself like procrastinating all the time yeah on things that require a lot less energy but at the same time it's all of my energy correct just just, just me you know uh i want to make this piece of content 
a while ago. I never did. Funny enough, it was it was called Just Start, which I never started, right? Funny enough. And I talk about how it's just better to start something. Whether it's imperfect or not, you should just start it. And one of the things that I did was I would make excuses in terms of equipment. Yeah. So it'd be like, oh, my camera's not good enough. Upgrade to the best camera. <laughs> oh, my sound's not good enough. Upgrade to the best mic, you know? Yeah. Oh, my footage's not stable. Yeah. Buy a gimbal. You know? Oh, I can't just film myself. Buy a tripod. <laughs> uh, lighting looks bad. Buy lighting, you know? And the list goes on. The Correct. list of excuses go on and on. Like, you, your mind could be that creative when it comes to trying to Correct. stay away from what you're scared of doing. Yeah. Yeah. And now, you know, again, I still have this problem because the video is not out. And I just want to know, I want to dig into your brain. <laughs> like, how did you overcome it the first time? Other than just pressing play, but all the times where you're like borderline not about to do it. What got you to do it? Single answer. Hmm. And I, I, I'm a very complicated thinker, which is why I set um, these parameters in my life to really make those decisions for me. Yeah. There was something I learned in psychology. It couldn't even bring it up the actual uh, vocab word for the life of me but essentially it was if this happens x happens a function mm. if you may okay. right my function was essentially just a deadline uh 100 days of scratching let's just use that as an example because it's a it's a series that i started and ended that really dictated a huge pivotal moment in my life and it changed again another pivotal moment that changed my life um deadlines because the second that you zoom out and you realize like, wait, what's stopping me from doing this? Oh, it's judgment, really, right? Like mm -hmm. if we were to just put a very vanilla answer to it, you just don't want to be judged by another person. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be called cringe. You don't want to, you know, post a video where like, I wouldn't watch that, <laughs> right? Again, like the list goes on, right? And we talked about it. You compensate. Do I, am I victim to that? Absolutely. I have a very expensive camera in my hands right now. <laughs> um, but I think the one thing that I could share to you as well as to other people who might be going through that, because again, I still go through that, mm -hmm. absolutely normal, is a deadline. Mm -hmm. And what did that look like in my life? Well, with 100 days of scratching, again, I, I thought of that in grad school as I was dropping out. Yes. And it was a, not necessarily a this great thing where the finale was Miles Medina scratching with me, right? Never even dreamed of that happening. Yeah. But it was something that was like, okay, how do I get to X, Y, and Z position um, with the amount of time that I have right now or w with what I'm doing right now? Mm -hmm. And every single day, it, since I posted it on the series, I posted day one, I was like, shoot, I have to post day two. <laughs> shoot, I have to post day three. Yeah. Shoot, I have to post day four. And here's the one thing that I will share that if you don't understand that concept, think about what ended up happening when you had a school report that was due at a certain point. You can procrastinate your entire life to 11.50 p.m. right before you have to submit it to mm -hmm. turnitin.com or whatever software or whatever due date. Did you get it done? Absolutely. Yeah. Right? You, did you turn in shitty work? Absolutely. Or did you turn in great work? Absolutely. I am in the zone or in the mindset of if I need to turn something in, it's going to be the best work that I could possibly do with the time frame that I'm given. Mm. You could go endless amounts of time trying to figure out, is this angle the best for this shot? Is this concept, is it executed with this camera or is it this? Is mm. this luck going to be better? Oh my God, dude. Yeah. You know it, Pete. Like, we go down the rabbit hole of things, but who's going to tell you, yo, Pete, yo, Jacob, like, 
post it. It's do, and that's yourself. Yeah, I think that's the difference between school and this, huh? Like, you just gotta tell yourself. And funny enough, I do uh, notice now I give myself time Good. limits on things, and it's been helping out a lot more. Nice. You know, and I think that's true in general. Like, with school, because there is a deadline, you're more likely to get done, even if it's the night before, you know? But I have heard that some people have used that, the idea of that deadline, not really as the actual deadline, but like in their head, and they moved it in order to get that same feeling of like, I gotta finish this. But it's actually a week before it's due, versus like, I gotta finish this, oh shit, it's tomorrow, you know? And they use that as a tool in order to get a head start. Look at this podcast. I want you to think of how you're, you said last week you didn't have me as a guest because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't able to come. Did you get another guest? I did. Absolutely, right? So what, what's that stopping you from saying, my series Just Start needs to happen this Saturday? Yeah. And I, I gotta share something with you because I'm a total hypocrite. I told myself I'd start my 100 days of mixing series last weekend. Mm. Again, it was that seven hour day of shooting that I sat in my room, I was like, this is not good enough for me. But keyword, is the last two things I said, for me. Mm. Okay, that's fine, right? We just excluded everybody else's opinion about me as what's good. Well, then what's good to me? What's good enough for me, right? Well, then that's when I had to go find that inspiration somewhere else. Cool, scroll on Instagram. Nah, nah, oh, I like this. This is really cool. Well, how do I take this and turn it into me? And that's Mm. the fun part. Mm. At least, again, some people may see that as daunting, like, oh, this person has you know, professional grade videography. It's so cinematic. It's color graded perfectly. Cool. Well, how do I get there? What is it that I need to do to get there? And that only happens through trial and error. That's why I loved 100 Days of Scratching, Mm. right? Is because if you look at my first video, it looks nothing like my last video. Yeah, that's that's probably so dope for you to be able to see that much progress within 100 days. Yeah. And it only happens when you do something like that. Yeah. That kind of challenge that forces you to practice something so frequently. And mm-hmm. it's not even just, I noticed that you said, look at my first video. <clears throat> but you're actually doing something there. You're scratching. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the progression of your scratching changed, mm-hmm. right? It's probably completely different. And, and this is coming from me. I believe you're a good scratcher. Like now, I think. No, no. Even. I can't even imagine like how much further you could go because you kind of blew my mind as far as like how quickly you progressed in all of those things in general, not just the scratching, not just the video editing, not just the storytelling, but like overall as a person and as a content creator, like that made me want to do a hundred days challenge of something, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think you did a really good job of inspiring people to do that. I'm not sure if you, you know, were seeking out to do that, but I could see the movement that you had going, which was super dope, by the way. At the end of the day, my purpose yeah. in life, at least something that uh, I, I was struggling with this, the purpose talk for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing just uh, stood out to me very recently, actually, and I, I, it's dope that I get to share this. One of my inspirations, or excuse me, one of my purposes in life, because I believe you can have multiple purposes mm-hmm. in life, is to help be the person that lets other people know that they can do it. <laughs> you you are kind of that person. I can see it. Cuz I I'm I'm not I'm no I'm no diamond in the rough. I'm no prodigy. I I'm none of that. I'm just a kid who sees something that looks cool and I was like, oh, I can do that. Well, how do I do it? Mm. Right? It's it, 
but a lot of people stop at, I can do that. No, you can't. Not yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, it's like fill in the blanks. Right. Like, cause, uh, there were so many thoughts that were racing through my head as you were talking, but it was so funny. I was describing day one of, mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, look at my first video. I was talking about videography, but you were also talking about DJing mm -hmm. turntablism. And I failed to realize I also was practicing that. But that for me, I'm already thinking like, I don't want to, again, just, that's why we can talk the conversation about rebranding. Mm. Um, so I am formally known as cheesy, right? And to all my friends, um, I have no gripes or anything. If they were to look at me and be like, yo, cheesy, what's up? No problems. But for me, anyone who I meet new, oh, I'm Jacob. Nice to meet you. I'm Jacob Messina. That's my full name. And Instagram handle, shameless plug, by the way. <laughs> yeah, everything is because my identity and it's something that I struggled with because I, I, I never felt like my name was cool. Mm. It wasn't until like, you know, my girlfriend and other people were like, dude, you know, your name's cool. Like, just run with it. And you know what I said? Why not? <laughs> A lot of things are so why this not. this is all you need. Because uh, again, people think themselves out of such great ideas and great things and i looked at my old dj name and i was like do i feel proud to introduce myself as cheesy it's not that i think it's literally cheesy mm -hmm. i just didn't feel that connection with it that i feel with my name well of course you should feel that way with your name but again i've met people who are not fond of their name and for whatever reason and i totally respect that so you create that pen name to it's like a different persona. Yeah. But one thing that I have, and I, and I really hope that you and other people who are listening to this, unfortunately, if you clicked on this video, um, is that I really want to live my life transparently. Huge lesson I learned from losing my mom was really just, dude, if you got one life to live and you never know when that clock is or how fast that clock is ticking, wouldn't you just want to live it the best that it could be? Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, it's funny because we t we talk about that all the time, you know. Yeah. As people, we're like, "Oh, if you only had one day left on this earth, yeah. what would you do?" Yeah, you know, would you say "fuck you" to your boss? Correct. Would you just tell the person that you love them because mm -hmm. just cause? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's such a hard thing to implement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's the cognitive dissonance is that like you think you believe you could do it this way, but then for mm -hmm. some reason. You know, I find myself sometimes holding back what mm -hmm. I want to say, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. even though I know this is what I should say. Mm -hmm. It's in my head, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like right there at the tip of my tongue, but it won't come out. Correct. And uh, I know that you said you had a lot of like difficult conversations, uncomfortable ones. Yeah. And I'm only recently starting to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I've had them before, but they didn't feel so uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you know, because... I think it's like what you're saying. You make a goal, and then you get there, and then you move on to the next one, right? Mm -hmm. And prior, I just found myself being able to have uncomfortable conversations that were seemingly uncomfortable to other people. Yeah. Not so, not so much myself. Mm -hmm. And only until recently in this podcast was I like, okay, well, if that doesn't really make me uncomfortable, what does? Yeah. And now I find it, I'm like, oh, damn. So this is what it feels like. I forget mm -hmm. that this is what a hard conversation feels like, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. you talk about things like, especially, you know, as we go through issues with age and time and experience, like sickness and health, mm -hmm. right? You talk to friends who have issues and problems, you know, family members who have certain addictions. And then you, you find yourself having to 
tell them things that you feel like they should already know. Correct. But they're not changing in their ways. You Correct. know, so for example, for me, it's like uh, I have both of my parents who are dealing with a lot of like financial struggles. We talked about this. Yeah. yeah. For me to bring it up to them as parents who took care of me when I was younger yeah. and helped me out financially. Yeah. It's hard to be like, hey, you are not doing what's right by you yeah. right now. Yeah. And to say like, you actually need to change what you're doing in order for you to be in a better place. And it was, you know, when I had that conversation with my dad, like his head was like down in shame, you know, yeah. it's, it's just like a very weird, almost gut wrenching feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, this person that took care of me that I look up to, I'm putting them in a position where I understand that's necessary. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. it was so difficult for me to say, cause I knew that this addiction could destroy him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I just kept holding off on the conversations, not saying that I could even change sure. what he was going through. Cause it actually hasn't changed. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if I ever updated you, but he still has this gambling addiction mm -hmm. and still goes on. It's better. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not as frequent, but with any Asian parents, you know, this, the gambling addiction thing is something so easy, easily like shrugged off. Cause mm -hmm. it's kind of a part of our culture. Yeah. A little bit, yeah, yeah. You know, like grandma goes to a casino, goes to slots or Filipinos used, too. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Yeah. It's huge. Like, yeah. You just think like, Oh yeah, shit, it's, they're just having fun. What's the harm. But then when it becomes something, it's like, Oh, I got to tell you that while wow, this is tradition and this is something that we're kind of known for that it's not healthy for you and you got to change the way you live and you got to listen to your kid. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Someone that you raised to tell you that maybe you don't know better. Me, this is not what's best for you. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know, it took me, to be honest, it took me like three months of yeah. considering talking to him before I actually made the move to do it. Yeah. It, every time I was there, he was right there. You know, I, and what I thought at first was like, oh, now's not the time. Correct. You know, going back to time, right? Mm -hmm. Now's mm -hmm. not the time. You know, this is a family gathering. Now's not the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, he has to go work. Now's not the time. Mm -hmm. But constantly looking for the perfect time was what wasted most of my time yep. personally because mm -hmm. when the conversation was had it was way better than what i had imagined in my head mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. my head there was like a thousand different outcomes and 999 of them were bad right you know what i mean like mm -hmm. this is he's gonna harm himself you know he's Correct. gonna go gamble away the house like shit like that yeah but none of that happened mm -hmm. none of that happened we had a conversation it improved slightly. It wasn't the best thing, mm -hmm. but it was a move in the right direction. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I want, I want to be able to have those conversations more because funny enough, with something like addiction, it's not a uh, one and done. Yeah. You know, it's not like, Hey, you need to stop gambling. Okay. I'll stop. Thank you for letting me know. My life has changed. Yeah. Like any addiction, you mm -hmm. know, it takes a follow up. It takes, you to constantly remind them that they're not doing this alone, that you're there for them. Yeah. And funny enough, even after the first time, it still didn't feel too much. Like it still didn't feel that much easier. Yeah. Like the second time was still extremely difficult. I'm actually supposed to talk to him a third time and I'm still hesitating. Cause I'm, I'm almost like at a loss for words now. Like, I don't know what else to tell you because things are not improving. Mm-hmm you know and we had a guest come on and he was talking about how he cut off his relationship with his dad sure because his dad has 
something mental going on and he's changed as a person he's just more aggressive and it's hard to be a part of his life Mm -hmm. and i'm at this turning point where it's like i don't know if i could talk my dad through these problems i don't know if i'm the person to do that you know and it is not gonna lie it's a burden on me too you know um and i don't know if i'll ever be enough to do that and i don't know if i should continue should quit and that's a conversation i have with myself like a lot yeah yeah, yeah. i mean well number one thank you for being so raw um yeah i i need you to know this you have an extremely big heart and your dad is ridiculously lucky to have you in his life and i think this is a good segue i i what you're doing is almost caretaking in a way right mm-hmm. um yeah. mental health caretaking i i caretake full-time i would say for a grandmother at home um and i i don't know if i mentioned that to you but it's such a hard thing to navigate around because it's very easy to set boundaries with toxic friends Mm -hmm. but it is so extremely difficult to set boundaries with toxic family members yeah and do i mean toxic in a in a way that's like degrading no 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 because it's the relationship so it works both ways Mm -hmm. right it's a relationship that's you give a lot of but you're not really getting a lot in return that's where that toxicity comes in right um well it's again number one bless your heart it's it's a very hard thing to do yeah it's it's weird um you know because he has other health complications and it's easy to be like oh yeah like well he uh stopped smoking cigarettes or he's smoking less true but for him in this case just because he's not gambling right now doesn't mean he's not going to do it later. Yeah. You know, it's like always in the forefront of his mind and it's not like you catch him with a pack of like chips. Yeah. You know, as if you could catch him with a pack of cigarettes, you know where he's going with it. This yeah. he could just up and leave. And it's, it's very, I can't imagine dealing with, I don't even know what you call it. It's an addiction. So it's a mental health thing. Yeah. But like dealing with mental health stuff is so difficult. Very because difficult. it's almost like it's not there. Because you can't see it. Yeah, you can't see it. Yeah. That's why psychology was like extremely intriguing to me. Um, I didn't join it because of addiction. I had an addiction of my own um, that I kicked. Mm. Uh, and again, I the person that you're talking to right now is full of like very bad experiences that happened in the past and have kind of led me to who I am now. And it's the reason I am. And and that's why I'm saying is like, um, I think the hardest part about addiction is realizing that you don't see the problem because it doesn't feel like a problem at all. Right. And I'm sure your father is in some mindset where that's not, that's not as bad as what you're, you see it as. And here's the part where, you know, this is what I've done with my grandmother. So we, we also have a relationship that's difficult. Um, and I use that, that term loosely to apply to a whole bunch of things um, in that relationship. But I set that boundary for myself. Because at what something I've said to a person in my life is, why do I care more about this problem than you do? And that's the what, that, that point. That's when I realized, like, dude, all my energy that I'm giving to this person what if I use that same energy back to myself? Selfish? Absolutely. But why is it, why are their problems more important than yours? And then you, you, at the end of the day, you sit there and you're like, I'm so mad and upset, right? But then you realize you poured your cup into somebody else's cup, but you're still thirsty. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm not saying this because that's the reason why I drop student counseling or, you know, I'm away from this whole, I want to inspire people every day. That's my purpose in life. I know that without a doubt, I'll look you straight in the eye and tell you my purpose is to inspire others and help others become something that they, they don't want to, or they don't think they're able to mm-hmm. just from, from that. And I can still do that without pouring into other people's cups necessarily, because maybe me pouring into my cup shows them maybe I should pour into my own cup too, mm. you know, and, and I'm not, again, I'm not this wise person. I just see things in, if you can draw your ideal life, we'll just fix it to become that way. Maybe it's not that way. Right. And again, that's that, that, that whole writing the ending, mm-hmm. right. It, it's like, okay, yeah. My relationship with this person, this close one is not perfect right now. Well, what do, why do I not feel fulfilled, right? I want to feel fulfilled. I want to have, you know, at least this happiness, this, this idea that, okay, I, I can still be relatives with this person. We may not have the best relationship and maybe that's okay, right? Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm not trying to advise you because I know it's so easy to give advice, but if I was in your shoes, dude, I'd be struggling. I'd be, ta- I'd be saying those struggles to you the same way that you're saying them to me. But outside looking in bird's view, and again, take this as you will. It's, it's that boundary because if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I don't know if it should have gone the second time. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy. Like, I don't think I've even told, like, the people on the podcast. But, like, this is happening while my mom started up her gambling addiction, too. And they're, they're divorced at the same time. Mm-hmm. Really weird how they're still in sync with bad habits. Yeah. But it's also not the first time that they had this issue. Mm. You know, my family was torn apart by their gambling addiction, like initially, you know, my mom and dad both had it. And, you know, that became messy with the finances. It became messy with like how money was spent, not towards their kids eating, but towards chips at the casino. Correct. And it's funny to me that it happens now, like almost 20 years later and it's like they're going harder than ever. But mm-hmm. I think what it is is that at this point in their life, they don't have the amount of willpower to like come back from it. Mm-hmm. Or it's more of a struggle. I'm not saying that they don't. I, I believe that they do. Not just quite there yet. If I don't believe that they could, I would not even talk to them about it. But, sure. but it's funny because, you know, as adults and like having parents who are older than you, yeah, I've come to realize that eventually you have to take care of your parents like children you know it's like a weird crazy that you mentioned that yeah yeah so the 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 opening scene of my next uh vlog shameless plug uh, (laughs) put it out there is a establishing shot i'm using videography vocabulary and it's of my grandmother and i sitting on a bed um because she stood up and I, I sat next to her and I'm just rubbing her back. And in that moment, that's when I realized, and I, I even wrote this out in, in text, in the video. Mm. I say, there was once a time that she was rubbing my back when I was sitting next to her. And again, we as you know, the Asian culture, it's almost centered around giving back to your family for what they've given to you. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy to see how Asians have thrived in the American individualistic culture while also being collectivists mm-hmm. as well, right? Yeah. Like, and and uh, 
I know what I said could seem less heartfelt when I said, oh, I wouldn't have gone the third time. But at the same time, it's true. Because at what point is, your, is even your help going to be effective if you've now poured in three cups of yourself? Yeah. You really think the third time is going to be that much better when you, you're not even running at full pe- percent Peter, mm-hmm. right? And again, that conversation I had with my grandmother um, you know, about things and, and difficulties that we had and, and viewpoints and values, uh, I, I can't keep explaining to you how I want to live my life if it's making me happy. But if I was, you know, in another situation, sure, maybe, you know, but if I'm happy living my life and maybe you're not so happy with how you see it, well, then I, I guess we just have to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you on that. It's, it's funny because, uh, you know, I see exactly eye, eye with that because I've had those conversations with my parents and yeah. the way they perceive, you know, yeah. very much the way we live our life, right? Right. I'm like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm out here doing podcasts and nightlife events and yeah. stuff like that. It's probably black sheep and taboo to them as hell yeah you know i'm not married you know <laughs> i don't even want to get married and they think it's insane yeah. but at the very end it's like i'm not gonna allow them to dictate my happiness you know mm-hmm. but very much likewise on the opposite side like i shouldn't allow them to dictate what's making me miserable too yeah so i think the reason why i'm so compelled to not give up mm-hmm. is because a long time ago i had a friend you know, he'll probably never hear this, so we can talk about this. But he, <clears throat> funny enough, you know, I love psychology stuff, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love going back to this. But he became, like, a gangbanger, like, in his late teens, early 20s. Sure. And uh, he was just a menace to be around, you know. He would threaten to kill people, bring out guns and stuff, like, wherever he went. It just became hard to really want him to be around mm-hmm. you know but everyone loved the guy everyone mm-hmm. knew what he was like prior we just didn't understand why he was acting like this you know and it gets a little muddy when you hang out with gang bangers because mm-hmm. they hang out gang bangers and it's almost like your group is intercepted by people who want nothing but trouble i mean i can only speak about the years back then i'm pretty sure gang bangers are a little different now yeah but um he had been acting up for a while and every year during his birthday he acts up the most because he gets completely plastered you know and one year he had some strangers come over he didn't have strangers come over but we invited some strangers over and he didn't like that so he had brought out like a shotgun sure saying like who the fuck is this guy he better leave before i you know yeah and uh i you know he was just getting very aggressive i had to pull him aside and be like and this is after like trying to get through to him for like years i had to pull him aside and i was like yo dude like why are you acting like this and he was like what are you talking about you know like why am i acting like it's my birthday i can do whatever i want Mm -hmm. and something clicked in my head i remembered that his brother had passed away in high school and he was kind of like that too yeah and um so I talked to him. I was like, hey, is this, does this have anything to do with the fact that your brother passed? And, like, maybe this is some way that he, like, carries on within you and what you do. Yeah. And he just, like, broke down and started crying. He yeah. just, like, weirdly enough, almost, like, flipped the switch. And it was, like, a 180, mm-hmm. right? Full recovery. Got his life together. Like, doing great things. Like, couldn't be more proud of the guy now. And I'm just like, wow. Like, I'm glad that I did not give up. Yeah. Because uh, I was right there. I was about to. A lot of us were. Yeah. And that one more try 
gave him the chance at a new life. And to me, that's why I think that was so impressionable to me mm -hmm. early on that I feel like I can't, I have to continue to try sure. with, you know, my parents now. Mm -hmm. But I also am trying to get better mm -hmm. at realizing when to let go of maybe not like the person, but of the approach. Because now I'm, I'm starting to understand if I'm taking the same approach and the results are still the same, then maybe the approach isn't working. You know, like trying harder the same way you've been trying might not be the way that you get the solution that you, you yeah. need. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure that out now. You know, it's a, it's a weird puzzle piece. You know, but I mean, the, the interesting thing that I want to point out to you is what I'm from what I'm understanding, Pete, is like you're really you have a very large and this is blanket phrase like a savior complex mm. and i think it's because you're really good at it and again i i when i first met you you were already this positive light and that's something that i would even urge you to run with mm. because it almost seems like you're naturally inclined to be somebody's light i mean you were for me at one point correct prove me wrong yeah right i like i told you um I don't know if this was on the podcast was on when I told you this, but you were a person who I thought of when I and I wanted to make a phone call to someone and talk about a very difficult time for whatever reason. Yeah. Right. Well, that reason for me calling you was because you're someone who listens. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and you're someone who cares. Right. And, that, and again, I'm. I'm not trying to tell you this is how you should live your life, but maybe this is how you should live your life. Because <laughs> you, are, you are someone who can put that positive energy in the world and, and recycle it back. Uh, as for myself, it's so... It's not that the reason I left that environment is because there comes a point, too, when you're overextending. Yeah. Right? And I relate a lot of things back to martial arts. You know, when you're, when you're being too aggressive with someone who you're fighting, well, what's naturally, what are you supposed to do next? Pull back, mm -hmm. right? Assess the situation, read the other person, right? And it's, it's crazy because now I, I get to realize all these things I've learned from way different contrasting aspects of my life yeah. that kind of tie in in pieces, right? And that's why they always tell you, oh, you know what? If, if you have like some sort of feelings of frustration, anger, go boxing, right or if you you know whatever like you have a creative mind take a painting class mm. it's because sometimes you find the answers and things that are completely unrelated yeah definitely because right now you are battling something and that is 1000 percent undoubtedly true right but i urge you to realize two things about yourself number one is like again you are a very positive person very thoughtful person you know and number two i think that at times it might even be pulling you into some sort of place that you might not want to be, mm. right? Especially if you live in that, if you hang out in the mud, you get muddy. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, you know, it's funny enough that you talk about things that make you feel uncomfortable. And when you said that whole uh, savior complex, I was, it made me feel uncomfortable, not going to lie. And I think it's because it struck a chord with me where I do kind of see that happening pretty often. It's like, I want to be the person that can make this change, you know? But at the same time, I understand what you're saying because I do feel like is, and at this point in my life, I, I talked about in 2023, it was probably one of, the, <clears throat> one of the lower points in my life where I felt like it was hopeless. Like I, and the reason why was I felt like I couldn't save these people. 
you know, now looking back. And I think what's giving me, you know, I say I regained some mental fortitude in 2024. And the reason why is because I let go of the idea that it has to be me. You know, it's it's more so like if I tried my best, that mm-hmm. should be okay. Mm-hmm. Whether mm-hmm. the outcome is they are recovering or not, mm-hmm. that's beyond me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done what I could and that's, I got to leave it be at that point. Okay. I mean, since we were already talking about relationships, we could pivot that way. Yeah. Right. I know that we've talked about our own relationships and to each other. Yeah. And, you know, love Lonnie. Right, yeah. shout out to Lonnie. Yeah, you guys had a rocky period, which to me was shocking. I think you could tell from talking to me like how shocked it was, mm-hmm. and to hear where you guys are now, I'm very happy about that. But it sounded like you guys had to really address the issue. How did you guys even come to terms with what you guys had to talk about? Yeah, so I think you know, as you know, Lonnie and I ran a brand called Gouda Vibes, mm-hmm. and I say it in the past tense, and it is weird saying it in the past tense because I don't feel like it's completely done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's they always say this, or at least when I say they, elders and mentors have said, "Don't mix love and business." Mm-hmm. Um, those two things are so contrasting because in business it has no space for feelings and emotions. It's this very blunt and dark and mean entity that, you know, is only focused on one thing, which is numbers, right? Mm -hmm. But when you mix the feelings of like, oh, well, how did we get these numbers? You did it. Oh, no, you did it. Oh, no, you did it. You know what I mean? You get into this uh, situation where, you know, things get difficult. Lines get blurred of what's business, what's the relationship. Uh, yeah, one of the things that her and I had to talk about really was, you know, being able to maintain the love that we have for each other, which is separate from the love that we might share for this brand. Mm-hmm. It's so confusing to, to really speak on. But, you know, I'm sure other people who have gone through that situation maybe you know another person who's gone through a situation where they had to get into a business with their partner they'll see the you know the overlap and and things that get tricky right even with someone who's not your partner business is tricky but one of the things that we've maintained and we're actually flourishing now is keeping that drawing that line of what's business and what's our relationship right you know and and also when do we stop talking about this and when do we focus on this one of the main things that i i I always talked about uh conversation topic is we the brand is absolutely nothing absolutely nothing if her and i are not good Hmm. if we're not good brand's not good period there is no discussion around that and that's why i love like what i was telling you i love setting parameters functions right if x then y if not X, then not Y, yeah. right? And I think that's one of the main things I learned from just doing entrepreneurial things too, which I love. Like It was an honor to have gone through that experience of throwing events with Lonnie, you know, designing things with her. Um, and it was a pivotal moment in both of our lives, right? Yeah. Not just mine. I, I know in some way, shape, or form it changed her too. It, she, I'm sure she could speak on that as well. But again the topic at hand is how to balance a a relationship with a business crazy these are way different things yeah way different 
But again, with a lot of communication and transparency, right? Because a lot of people, they say one thing, but they're really meaning another thing. But that other thing that they're saying, their partner is taking in as, dude, yo, like, you just pissed me off. No, maybe your partner's trying to call for help, right? You know what I mean? And that's what her and I have been really establishing is like transparency. We actually started up a new uh, business venture, you may call it, mm. shameless plug, out on a date. If you guys haven't seen it, it's on Instagram, it's spelled exactly how I said it. And it's us exploring our relationship. Oh. And it, it was something that, you know, at first I was like, you know, how, how can, like, what, what do we do next? I want to work on something with her. She's so creative. You know, that's what I admire about her the most. Mm -hmm. I'm also a creative that enjoys documenting and making ideas come to life and executing. Yeah. Keyword is executing, right? She executes stuff. We've had how many pop-ups and how many events we've thrown. Dude, like, we did stuff that we, that Kate, that started up here and it ended up here. Yeah. Right. Tangible. That can be seen. So the next venture was something like that is, OK, if this other entity is very hard to work with, let us start within. Let's see what it is. What made me fall in love with her? What made her fall in love with me? So our relationship, spending time together. Um, there was actually one um, moment that it made me really happy was I put a camera, I set it up and I said, hey, let's just sit here. Let's just sit in front of this camera. And then let's just talk to each other, <laughs> right? Like feels like kind of like what we're doing right now, podcast, if you might. But I said, no topic. Just look at me while I'm looking at you and let's talk. Let's see where that takes us. No mm -hmm. phones. We left our phones in the other room. I said, absolutely no technology. I want the connection that you and I have made to speak for itself. And I remember at first we were like, this is so weird. Like, and, and I had fun addressing that, right? Like, mm. I was like, hey, Lonnie, this is really weird what we're doing, huh? Like, and she's like, yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah, whatever, blah, 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 blah. We're just making jokes. But then we got into the point where I was like, how are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and again, I, I can only imagine how other people's relationships are and what they might go through. But we also go through problems, right? And struggles. But what I keep telling her, I've been doing something. This is, a, this is a pro tip for all the dudes out there. This is a cheat code. Not a cheat code, but like this is something that I've started doing. Is instead of, well, Lonnie likes, I used to write letters to her. Like love letters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but because of my ability now to you know, be in front of a camera, which is why I urge every young creator or even just a person to turn on a camera and just talk to it and see what happens. I actually started making video letters to oh, her. Wow. And so I say what I want to say. Because even when you're writing sometimes, you don't have those imperfections. Why? Because if you flip the pen around, you got an eraser, yeah. or you can cross it out, or you can start again. Mm -hmm. But with a video letter, it's like, oh, this is no different from me being in a room with her and talking to her and telling her how I feel. Um, and so something that I did was I actually bought her flowers for Valentine's Day. Mm. And as I was prepping the flowers for her and, you know, putting it in a vase, I was just telling her how I felt about her and, and, and our relationship. Um, so if you guys want to steal that one off of me. <laughs> we got to release this before Valentine's. Wait, Valentine's Day is next Wednesday? This Wednesday. This Wednesday? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, because we See, lost that last week. Obviously, yeah. I'm single. That's why I don't remember this <laughs> shit. <but. laughs> hey, he's single. Ladies. Single, but not available. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, again, like I, I urge not only people to explore romantic relationships, but let's just even talk about relation like friendships. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's important. Like, why not just if you have a best friend, like 
hey dude like you want to come over like let's let's grab some food you know i could turn on a camera we could just talk and see how fun that is mm-hmm. yeah i know it, it's so uncomfortable again let's let's get uncomfortable guys <laughs> let's get very uncomfortable but what's wrong with uncomfortableness just because it doesn't feel right for a second or two look at how this podcast started I, I was nervous coming into this podcast naturally yeah but leaning into these things especially with your romantic partner oh my god like you unlock levels that you would have never unlocked mm. because a lot of couples and people they start to hate each other oh my god i've seen couples the way that they talk to each other i'm like there's no way there is no way that that's okay like yeah. You guys have just set that standard that it's okay. It's not. You know what I mean? Like, and that's where a lot of people feel like they're not in control of it. Like, oh, my partner's just this way. Well, no, no, they're not. You fell in love with them once. You can fall in love with them again, right? Mm. Like, I don't know. I, twenty-four-year-old talking out of their ass, but I believe that things can be get can get better if you say so. I agree with that. I definitely think. Especially when you're talking about like when it comes to disrespect, I think it could definitely get better. But if you don't address it, it definitely only gets worse. Correct. Right. And funny enough, somehow those couples could still stay together for a very long time. But that's because they're used to an environment that's toxic. Mm-hmm. You know, I they're agree. used to it. It's kind of like being drunk. Right. It's like you drink and also you don't taste the liquor, but it's poison. You know, you're just so engulfed in it, you have no idea. And I've seen that. I've been in that mm-hmm. where, you know, yeah, you're in a toxic relationship. And for some reason, like, you're not quite sure why you're here or mm-hmm. why it's gone to the point that it's at until you guys are yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. But if you don't talk about use, you, you have established this is like the new baseline of disrespect I'm willing to take. And I think that's what's scary is because... A lot of people, just like those uncomfortable conversations we were talking about, they have such a hard time talking to their significant other. Yeah. You know what I mean? And funny enough, I think a lot of it stems from things, the smaller things prior, you know? Mm -hmm. I've had friends who, they don't want to talk about things with their significant other, so they'll hide things. You know, I have friends who, like, smoke cigarettes who their significant other doesn't know. Yeah. You know, they'll hide because they'd rather avoid the conversation. Yeah. And to address the actual problem. Yeah. And then that leads to other things that they could hide, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times it's very easy for us in relationships to kind of write off the small things. Yeah. Oh, that's just a white lie. Mm-hmm. Like, not a big deal, you know? Yeah. Or he just withheld this kind of information. It's not that big of a deal. He just went out later than he said he did. Yeah. Stuff like that. But those things have like a snowball effect where yeah. it gets into bigger lies and bigger secrets and more disrespect and the more you do the deeper in you are the harder it is to get out yeah you know like like i was mentioning about my conversation this is not romantic at all obviously but like when i had a hard time talking to my dad i felt like the longer i took to get to a point where i could talk to him yeah the more difficult it became yeah yeah as if I were to just rip off the band-aid from day one and just have that conversation, I probably would have not felt all that pressure mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. for a prolonged amount of time, mm-hmm. you know? But for whatever reason, like, you're just in your head enough to where it stops you. It's mm-hmm. like you are saying. Like, with your significant other, a lot of the things that you think about, it's like how they feel and how you don't want to wrong them. 
But sometimes you're too much in your head where it's like maybe they probably wouldn't have even cared if you were just honest about it. Correct. You know, and but then you do it once, then you're more prone to do it twice and three times and four times. And then in the very end, you guys hate each other and you don't even know why. You know, what's crazy is that people who heard what I just said, right? Like, or people who are listening or even you guys in the room might think, dude, what does this guy know? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, why should I even believe him? Like, I'm fine in my relationship. Yeah, we yell at each other, but we love each other. Um, I think it's important for me to challenge the fact that like something like this, let's say you're, you were in domestic abuse, Mm -hmm. right? Or let's say, for example, your parent hit you as a, as a child. Are you going to grow up and hit your child? How sad would that be? Mm-hmm. That just shows me, number one, that you let somebody else dictate how the rest of your life looks. Again, not a lot of people are in that mental fortitude to be like, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to hit my child. I'm going to be strong enough and show them that there's a better life that exists. And that's what I'm challenging. Like, As a coach in martial arts, I had to talk a lot of people off cliffs with what we were talking about, mm-hmm. right? I had to talk a lot of people out of this mindset that I can't. I can't do it. Well, what am I preaching to you? All I'm saying is you can have a better relationship. Why wouldn't you want a better relationship? If it meant being uncomfortable for a second to have longer lasting love, is that so bad? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, the video I was supposed to post earlier was me talking about haters. And, you know, I'm, I used to be a hater too. You know, mm. hate is equivalent to jealousy. It's the same thing that, in this situation is like you see another person's relationship and you're like oh dude they're so happy how come you know i'm not there like (laughs) right like like comparisons right but stop stop their relationship has nothing to do with our relationship let's sit down and let's just let me see where your head's at i don't think a lot of couples check in and i am at fault for doing this in the past is not checking in with my partner you know asking my partner how are you doing like what's going on Right. And it's funny how when we first you gave me the intro to this podcast, you know, you were telling me that it's a conversation, you know, it can get taken anywhere. It's just two friends having a conversation. You could have replaced this with a coffee shop. We would have had the same conversation. Right. I urge people to have that same conversation with their partners, with their friends, with their parents. Do I do that for every single relationship in my life? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's something on my bucket list. Yeah, it's uh, definitely, I think now, especially with social media and just a lot of content, it's kind of hard to discern between what's real and what's not. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of what's painted is this picture perfect highlight reel. Yeah. And, you know, that's why, like, I really enjoy being transparent because it comes naturally. Because to me, it's like, I'm being honest, so there's nothing I lie about. I don't have to be uncertain about myself in the way I'm telling things because this is just what's happened. Yeah, yeah. And I want people to know, like, yeah, like I'm going through some shit. My life is not perfect. Yeah. And yeah. it's okay if your life isn't either, you mm-hmm, know? But mm-hmm. there is like light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You know? yeah we're yeah, we're yeah. all working on something. I'm not here just to like trauma dump. Nothing like that. You know, I just I want didn't to take it that way. For the people listening, you yeah. know. I, I want people to just understand, like, acknowledge that mm-hmm. problems exist. The world mm-hmm. is not perfect. But at the same time, there are things you can do to improve it. You know, I'm, I'm learning through this whole process. I learned a lot today from you. Oh. You know, and I, I take lessons and, you know, I try to 
use it as an example if possible, you know, yeah. and implements yeah. my life. And I think, you know, anyone can bring value. And you brought a lot of value today. So to me and anyone else listening, like, understand that we all have our own issues, mm-hmm. but you're not alone. You know, they're not just in relationships, but you're not alone even in friendships. There are people that you could talk to. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you like listening to podcasts, this could be a podcast that could be an example for what you could do for your friendship and your relationships yeah yeah. but there's resources out there you know and i think things could get better if you let it or not if you let it but if you actually work at it absolutely right and to me now i just want to set an example that's the reason why i have this conversation where we're being fully transparent and yeah shit happens right and i'm not trying to paint the perfect picture of myself or anything if anything i want to show you the worst parts of myself so you understand that that actually does exist and hopefully people get something from this you know that mm-hmm. this authenticity that we bring to it yeah. is that we can have an honest conversation that's not gonna make you feel the best yeah. right away you yeah. know it's not always about this ironically enough like the feel-good stuff sometimes you know mm-hmm. like in order for you to get there sometimes you have to have these conversations correct yeah correct it's necessary to have these uncomfortable conversations. I used to tell my athletes who I coached was the first step um, of hitting rock bottom is knowing that you hit rock bottom. Mm. Um, There will be times that we'd come home from tournaments, big tournaments, Pete. I'm talking about we travel to Florida, compete in international skill, and they'd come home with absolute zero. Damn. Right? This is after training about maybe six months, seven months, going hard, like, Monday through Friday, training their butts off every single day, me yelling at them. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Imagine it this guy like yelling, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I told them, hey, y'all, it's okay. You know, I understand. I understand what you're feeling. Well, number one, I definitely understand because I've been through it. I came home with zip before, you know, and I, uh, you know, what's cool is someone like Kobe, you know, he, he tore his Achilles, right? Yeah. And I watched an interview with him where he was like, he goes, yeah, man, I was really sad. I was sad for like five minutes. And then the interview stopped. The interviewer, he stopped him and he goes, what? You're sad for five minutes? He goes, yeah. And then I decided like, I can go to rehab. And sometimes that's, that's how simple we need to think about things, mm. right? Like, again, the, the, the theme of thinking yourself out of a certain situation. And it is absolutely normal. 1000% normal to do that. But what's not normal is to stay in that pocket of doubt and you know all this negativity that you're telling yourself because no one around you has said it maybe one person who's critiquing you or maybe this hateful comment dude i had a video on uh, or one of my videos say like dude you're trash oh really yeah you're one of the worst djs i've ever seen i'm like yo this is not it you know how many times i've seen that comment or some comments like that like but dude at the end of the day i'd be like (laughs) <laughs> I am kind of trash. <laughs> like I got to get better. I am kind of trash at that thing. Maybe he wasn't wrong. Or maybe if I feel good enough, I'll say, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not trash. Mm-hmm. I'm not the best, but I'm not trash. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I'm speaking as if I have always known this information. I have not. I just turned on a camera and started talking to it. And my life changed ever since. Um, Cause I'm, I'm very much so more comfortable with my skin. A lot of people are not. Yeah. And I think that's, that's why there's so much hate in this world. 
right? Is because I'm not comfortable with my skin. So let me let me bag on someone. Let me pull them right back down to where I'm at. Yeah, definitely a lot of projection going on. Oh, online. 100%. Yeah, the online... My climate is so fucking different than what real life is. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, I'll see comments where I'm like, God damn, who the fuck says shit like this? Yeah, you know? yeah, it's tough like, to, I can't, to read. And you hear it a lot where it's like, I can never imagine you coming up to my face and saying shit like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there must be something that's like causing you to feel like it's necessary for you to comment stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've only recently started to uh, look at people as their problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, I used to just be like, oh, like surface level, oh, you're fucked up somehow, or you're yeah. just an idiot, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I look at it, it's like, where, where's the root, you know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like one example I could give is like, I have an uncle that I pretty much ever since he came here from Vietnam, never really got along with him, you mm-hmm, know, for mm-hmm. whatever. He's just literally a couple of years older than me. True. But um, yeah, just a lot of issues with him, yeah, you know? And, yeah. And recently he, uh, during Chinese New Year's, Lunar New Year's, he asked me if I could give him a ride to his house, which I did. Yeah. And right off the bat, he's like in a yelling match with his wife. They're just fucking screaming at each other's faces. She gets in the car, she dips, he gets in my car, and he's like, she's fucking crazy, you know, and she's just like livid. And, you know, I just never take, like, I've never taken this guy seriously. You know, I'm just like, he's just always fucking chaotic. Yeah. And then uh, on the way back home, he was like, hey, do you, can you help me uh, stop drinking? Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? You always drink, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I drink like 20, 30 beers every single day, you know? And, and like, I'm not saying I, I'm an alcoholic, you know, whatever that means, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> it's 31 that makes me an alcoholic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't cross that line yet. And uh, he was like, yeah, but I just know that I don't want to continue living like this. Like, can you help me? And then all he did, I see him as, like, his problem, you know, instead of just, like, this overall, like, this fuck up. You know, I looked at him, I was like, damn, you have a lot of underlying issues, and that's what's causing you to act up the way you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it allowed me to kind of feel more empathetic towards him, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? And I saw him more as, like, oh, shit, like, he, in a way, allowed his issues to dictate how he acts yeah yeah you yeah. know and and to me i was like oh shit like i i've also come to terms with like a lot of people do that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know like a lot of the way they're acting or their mood is is directly influenced by all these other variables you know whether it's like your upbringing or you just had a bad day you yeah, know yeah, yeah. or someone cut you off on the freeway yeah. and all of a sudden when you see this version of them they're like unhappy they're mad and, sure sure and and that's that's all you see usually that leaves like the biggest impression right it's like the negative thing they see from this person mm-hmm, but i'm mm-hmm. like holy shit what if they just really really had a terrible past couple months and then you just happen to catch them at this breaking point and then ever since thinking like that i'm like oh i should just be nicer you know mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of just being a fucking judgmental guy who's like who the fuck is this asshole doing this or saying this or that yeah yeah and it allowed me to think like okay well if they don't really mean it like that and it's just a temporary thing or if not temporary like my uncle where he drinks like every single day like maybe they do want help yeah and they do see us problematic they just don't know how 
to stop. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a beautiful thing that he, he reached out to you and told you that, right? Yeah, surprising, very surprising. First step of hitting rock bottom is addressing you at rock bottom. Yeah. Man, I, like self-awareness, th- those are some of the, the key things that I loved hearing with my conversations with the students I used to talk to in the past mm-hmm. is like, hey, Jacob, like my grades are tanking. Like, oh, green flag, green flag. What do you mean, Jacob? He just admitted to me that his grades are tanking. He knows his grades are tanking. Some people don't even know. Yeah. Some people show up to class and they're like, oh, shit. Like, there was an assignment that was due. Oh, fuck, I didn't do it. You know what I mean? I used to be one of those students, that's for sure. Um, But, you know, like, uh, addressing people being accountable and saying, like, hey, this is a problem I'm having. You know, and that's what I, I that's why I referred to you a lot for advice was like, hey, Pete, I'm having this problem, you know, or I'm, maybe I'm, I'm feeling this way. What do you think? Right. Yeah. And like those kind of things is is what I urge people to do a lot. At least the ones who I used to talk to mm-hmm. is be uncomfortable, be uncomfortable with understanding that you're not perfect because then it gets so much more fun to make fun of myself like I was doing. Right. Because nothing like I told you, nothing you can say to me right now is going to convince me that. I'm not going to reach that plan that I wrote in my iPad. Yeah. Nothing, nothing. And you know how freeing that is knowing that the person who was on Instagram that just bagged on the, the, the video that took me nine hours to make, he does nothing to me. And of course it does attack my ego in some way, shape or mm-hmm. form, but not enough to make me stop. Yeah. The resolve is so high. And that's why, um, I actually love speaking in these like superhero terms because, you know, I learned a lot from things like anime yeah you know like naruto dude mm-hmm. that series that's top that's number one really that's naruto number is number for one for me you know what people people have made the argument for like dragon ball z oh. i haven't watched dragon ball z oh to it to its full extent <laughs> oh gotcha, gotcha i've done episodes but like not enough for me to stick to it but yeah, naruto yeah. from the first episode i watched i remember that three month process of me binging all of it like <laughs> with, with whatever time i had you know what i mean yeah. like and watching to that very last episode I felt like you almost, it's going to sound very nerdy. It's like you see yourself in a lot of these characters because anime is no different from film. Yeah. You see yourself in film. You're like, dude, I feel like that guy. Who do you feel like in Naruto? Sometimes I feel like Sasuke. Oh, really? I do. Wow. Why Sasuke? I feel like I have something to prove. At first I thought it was Naruto. Like I was like, this is for sure Naruto, but I'm not this like crazy goofy person that makes a whole bunch of jokes i'm like this quiet guy like if we never had this conversation pete you wouldn't have known anything that's going on in my head Mm. right but i still do feel like i have something to prove Mm. and i know with the whole storyline he goes and does his own thing kind of doing that right now (laughs) you know what i mean like i'm kind of separating myself from whatever village i used to be a part of whatever community i used to be a part of and saying hey you know what let me let me do my own thing and let me figure this out let me figure out what's right for me. Hmm. And maybe I am not abandoning or maybe it does come off that way. Maybe when I left certain communities, environments in my life, it came off that way. But hey, at the end of the day, like you guys are going to live your life. I have to live mine. Yeah. Right. And the whole thing with Sasuke is like he went out and figured himself out. He ended up being the best decision. Like, I don't know if you're watching Boruto, so I actually didn't finish Boruto. I actually haven't started that. It's great. It's great. I think Lonnie said she likes it more than she does like Naruto. Wow. But, you know, she, our tastes are different. (laughs) Vin is already like, he's like, hot take. Yeah, hot take. (laughs) Sorry, Lonnie, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But it's undoubtable that 
you have control the the one one of the biggest things i learned in psychology this is probably one of the, like top three things i learned in psychology. all right go for it locus of control external and internal and uh i'm gonna butcher this but i i the, the main concept is you have two centers of control the external is everybody surrounding you your environment you vin you know the cameras mm -hmm. the drive here internal feelings actions beliefs values if you focus on the internal locus of control in my opinion at least this is what i've been doing i felt so much happier mm. so much ridiculously happy um does is it like this every day absolutely not but i can even control that okay I, maybe i'm not happy today well guess what now nah, i can still make this day great i can still record one video you know what i mean yeah and and that's where that that whole idea of being in control is because now you you feel empowerment you feel confident and i think a lot of the times people don't feel like they're in control you, two things can be true too you can still be you know like in a nine to five working a job that content creation or content creators say is oh mindless work mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. you can still be in there and be in control of your life because you can come home and your attitude can change right but if you're going to your nine to five job, you come home and you take it out on your partner or you're saying like, dude, I'm a screw up. Like, you know, like, I'm sorry, but I can't accept that. Not, not that I'm putting so much pressure on people to become this great version, but I am. I am putting that pressure. Mm. Maybe because I put it on myself and it's working. Yeah. At least how I feel. Like I can, I can confidently tell you I've put a lot of things on my shoulders and said, you know what? This is my fault. My videos are not popping off, not because of X, Y, and Z people, you know, not clicking the like button. Maybe they didn't understand the message. Just change the delivery. Yeah. It can go from like, hey, what's up, Pete? How you doing? To Pete, I really care about you, man. What's going on? You see how that changed? Yeah. Right? Just from that delivery. And I, that's when I realized like, oh, shoot, Pete didn't have to change to get that message. I had to change. And I can change that. I can't change how you react to what I just said. Um, but yeah, that, that locus of control thing, do I speak that to existence all the time? No, it's subconscious now, but I do really um, lead with that. Mm. That motto is just understanding, okay, maybe, for example, when I DJ, this is a great example. I'm looking up at the crowd, looking at all these people, and I'm like, man, they ain't dancing. They don't know music. Dude, dude, do you not realize that you're paid to play music for a party? <laughs> You're paid to make people dance. If you if they're not dancing, you're doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like like you know the this crowd doesn't understand music, dude. They're they're at a party to dance to music. You're just not playing the right things. And and in that moment too, right? Like that's when I realized like, okay, well then if they're not dancing to it, let me change it. Let me change it. Maybe I, I am going to take a hit to my pride. Okay, fine. I wasn't changing the song. Or maybe that person who gave the request was right. <gasps> dude, every, every DJ is... say that. Bro, dude, every... Yeah, no, every DJ right now is, is punching their screen. They're like, dude, Jacob, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Now we're going to get so many requests. Dude, everybody's going to be like, yo, never let that guy Jacob talk on the mic again. He's terrible. But am I, far, am I wrong? Like, am I wrong for what role we're playing unless you're like a Miles Medina, Four Colors Act that's there to perform, right? Yeah. If I played at the Feel Good Party and nobody was dancing, whose fault is that? Jacob Messina's fault. It ain't Feel Good Party's fault. 
they're there to have a good time. That's a tough pill to swallow for some DJs, though. Let it be. Let it be. Why, why is that a tough pill to swallow? Do you think that you're uh, this encyclopedia of music that knows everything? No, you're just a dude on a stage yeah. in front of thousands of dollars of equipment. You know what I mean? Like, you're not that special. I'm not trying to devalue DJs. Like, <laughs> I'm a DJ myself. Hey, just say whatever you want, bro. <laughs> say whatever you want. But the thing is, I know this is an uncomfortable topic, but let it be polarizing. Like, because I think it's an important conversation to have, even if people don't fuck with me at the end of the day. Yeah. Like I told you, you couldn't change my mind about how I feel. I mean, I agree with all the all your points, you know, as a person who's not a DJ, but as like an event coordinator, I do see that a lot. And I do see a lot of egos left behind the decks, you know? And, you know, I hear this pretty frequently, especially from even our DJs. It's just, they come to OC or play in OC and like, oh yeah, no one here really like listens to music i hate that and they're like oh see that's why i like playing in la they actually listen to music they actually dance and i'm always like "Hmm, you know maybe it is a tougher crowd as far as the way you play music Mm -hmm. yeah maybe what you do doesn't cater to them what you normally do you know but maybe like switch it up you know like why expect the same thing from two different crowds you know Mm -hmm. it's almost like you have this preconceived idea of like the set that should pop off just because mm-hmm. you liked it. Dude, that's a bedroom DJ screaming at you right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, Yo, I'm in my room right now. It's 2 a.m. I can just see everybody's hands going up uh, when I when I do this. Oh, bro, just wait till this transition comes. Dude, I, my first club's gig, I made a set. And I'm sure every DJ, club DJ makes their, you know, for their first gig, they make a set that's like, I can't do wrong, dude. Like, I've thought about this. It's you like this. Every little- oh, dude, I'm the best DJ in the world. Like, just wait till they see what I have to offer. And then, uh uh-oh, come to the crowd. They're not dancing. But you made a set. You're like, just wait till the part. No, 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 no. You're (laughs) fumbling the bag. Like, why is that okay for a DJ to to not... It's different for me, for example, when, you know, like, you are changing your music and you're doing every single thing possible. Okay, cool. I see you working. I see you typing. Like, you know, I see you really pushing yourself to the the max right and you it's not working out it's an off night it's tough yeah hopefully the the next dj can pick up the slack fingers crossed and that's the best we can do but a dj i'm speaking more in terms of the djs who maybe like they they blame the crowd for the more in their ways correct how and it's it's egotistic i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm not sorry I, i i just feel like we can be better because you just capped yourself right yeah what if you you look at that crowd you're like oh dude yeah they don't know music they don't know whatever but then you know does that mean you're the best dj in the world probably not (laughs) you know i mean uh, again what do i know i'm 24 years old and yes i'm speaking and saying very polarizing topics but i i think again if if i don't at least put it out there I, I'm only putting out there in the world what I tell myself. And if you don't like my my disciplines or my morals that I have and ideas I have for myself, that's okay. At least you're not living my life. That's true. <laughs> that's true. You don't need to be a part of it. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, not. I could, can't wait to read these juicy comments later. No, <laughs> you're like, dude this, dude, this guy, he has, he knows nothing about DJing. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love that you're just like speaking your mind. I think that's like the most freeing thing that you could possibly do because I say this shit all the time. And yeah. 
they even questioned me even more so like what the fuck does this guy know he doesn't even dj yeah <laughs> i'm like yeah you're 100 right and i probably would not book you either you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just being honest and i've seen that through the years where it's like man i understand that you think that you know everything but at the same time like read the room a little bit correct, you know? correct. but again i also do understand djs who are bedroom djs but don't expect that to be our reality correct you know like do your thing in your room do because that's your art and that's how you like it stream it fuck it you know what i mean correct but it's funny when they come and they're like expecting you to hire them from what they do in the bedroom correct versus like what they do for a crowd absolutely and that's that's a hard pill to swallow for them sometimes because they put yes. and i understand why aside from just ego but like you know sometimes it's the time and effort they put into it so they think that they're entitled to this big payoff right because they put so much time and effort into curating this perfect set and then yet oh you guys just must no not movement. know music yeah, yeah yeah and i'm not i'm not here to be a dj hater why would yeah. i do that i'm no. a dj myself right i'm here to raise the standard raise the bar of excellence that you know we can achieve as djs because if this person is doing something and i see this person killing it right it is i think it's one of the best feelings to watch one of my friends go on a stage and absolutely murder it yeah right to see that they're playing the right songs here's the even better part here's what was so inspiring to me that uh, thurston he did something that, that was ridiculously inspiring to me. Mm. There was a room that he played. I went to go watch him. And that before he stepped on that, that, that room was dead. And when I say dead, like it was, it was, you know, like something that, man, you, if you looked at it, you're like, dang, yeah, it's just a slow night. But dude, when he hopped on, tell me why people not only that were in there, but people who were outside started coming in and they were dancing. So in that moment, I realized yo he was doing a dj's job he did not accept like that this is the night this is a night that's like it's done like, yeah call it in quits because let's just be honest if you're a doctor or a surgeon and you're like oh man yeah that's tough i'm done i'm out <laughs> yeah it's, it's dead in here <laughs> no, <it's> de- <laughs> no pun intended yeah. no pun intended right no you if you're a doctor you're stepping in or you're a surgeon you're stepping in and saying let me do whatever I can to fix this situation. Yeah. And if you're not doing that, then are you really doing what job you were paid for? Or are you cruising? Yeah, taking accountability as a DJ is tough sometimes. Though, Again, man. every DJ, I'm going to look at my follower count. It's going to be at zero tonight. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> All the followers from the 100 days that you did your challenge. Yeah, they're like, dude, I, I, I thought you should have just stuck at to, to, to turntablism. Yeah. Like, just, just stick to the, the content. Um, but I've learned uh, something, too, is like, that, that's also how I help people understand who I am because I'm not just a turntablist. Yeah. I'm not. That's why, you know, like doing the hundred days of scratching, I even talked about the videography aspect of it because it, what's, who's there to tell me that you're only a DJ. Yeah. I think I actually talked to you about this for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like when you were talking about the rebrand, why I was like, Oh, I, I agree with that because you're like a multifaceted person. And also like, if you ever do decide to pursue cinematography or videography or just consecrating even more so like who's to stop you that's what messina's for so i shameless plug i have a vlog series that i called messina mm. and it's a play on words because i'm using the word scene mm. but i'm just documenting scenes in my life 
right? And it's something that I, I've always wanted to do. I thought it was, it's always been attractive to me that when people romanticize their lives and really show the nuances of day to day, because you can only so, see so much from a 30 second video of me scratching. Do you even know my favorite color? Yeah, <laughs> it's true, it's true. Like, did you know that I like, you know, getting my fries at McDonald's fresh? I always ask for it fresh, like, no. Yeah, you know, what's <laughs> funny is that I thought about an idea like that for a lot of the guys in the group. Yeah. Because I want to kind of document, like, everything that goes within Feel Good. Just, like, their everyday to day lives and also, like, the process of how much they work to, like, make music sure. or, you know, work on their set. Stuff like that. And I always thought it was interesting because what I really do like about the group is that everyone's so personal. Yeah. Like, everyone's such a likable person that outside of the skill set that they have for DJing, they're just really cool dudes. You know what I mean? Like, in any event that we go to, people will come up and be like, dude, how you been, Jude? How you been, Sean? Like, they're lovable guys. You know? yeah. And you don't see that just through, like, a 30-second clip. Yeah. And that's why I really want to showcase more is that the personality behind the people with the skills yeah and you you saying you doing that i was like that's actually kind of dope because you know i think that could be applied to like a lot of people and i think as far as like if you go that direction you go really far because this is how i believe like fandom works right this is just my own personal take on it is that you could appreciate the skill right and you could appreciate the person i think they kind of have to go hand in hand. Correct. Absolutely. They don't always do because I think the initial impression is usually you like the skill set, the music, right? Mm -hmm. And then along the lines, you kind of dig and you find more about this person and whether they align with you or not. And if they don't, like they do something bad that you disagree with, all of a sudden you're like, fuck that person. Like, I like their music, but like, fuck that person, right? But if it aligns and you're like, actually, I didn't know this about this person. You fall in love you fall in love and that like that fan is like a fan for life you know i think that's what people should really really especially nowadays probably easier now than ever to do that for yourself because mm -hmm. back then it's like you you had to have like a pr team to like curate that yeah you don't really need to do that anymore not at all like you're doing it yourself right now one man team you just got to get that thing on amazon that has three legs and <laughs> stays in one position that's your yeah. camera guy yep yep it's so funny you were just describing to me too how you know a person legit sees another romantic partner and falls in love right it's it's initial attraction the visual maybe the audio you hear how their voice sounds or yeah. whatever right like you see them anywhere you hear them but that's just the surface level right? You're just literally scratching the surface of who they are. Yeah. But what makes you love someone, like truly love someone and be there for them when the times are tough is when you know their story, right? And you know what kind of person they are, what kind of food do they like? Oh, what makes them tick? What makes them happy? You know, and um, that's something that I've been trying to establish in my life mm. a lot really is you just see this huge um, surge of content that I've been creating because I stopped hesitating. Mm. I stopped hesitating. Nice, dude. Yeah. So there was a is a fighting term that you know we we used to have. Um, you can stand you know face to face with someone in a fighting stance, ready to kick, and you know the answer should just kick, right? And I watch this a lot in the newer generation of fighters uh, in the martial arts that I do, taekwondo, mm. and I see them and I'm like, dude, just go, just go, just go, just kick, just kick, just kick, but they're like, wait, 
no, maybe I should just wait two seconds, three seconds, or wait, no, maybe if I use my left leg and the right leg, by that time they're already scored on Mm -hmm. and they're getting clobbered. Maybe not clobbered, but maybe nothing happens, right? And at that point I was like, oh, dude, I might even be doing that with my own content because I used to hesitate before when I used to fight, Mm -hmm. right? I used to have those doubts that, oh, I'm going to get kicked. I'm going to get knocked out. But to be honest with you, the successful fighters were the people who had no doubt in their mind that they were going to score. So they just did it. Yeah. They're like, I, there's no way I can't score. And even if I don't score, I'll have another chance to do it again. That's what content is for me. Just kick after kick, punch after punch. Some of them are going to miss completely, but dude, just wait till that one lands. When that one lands, oh, <laughs> well, it takes dude. one, baby. That's what I'm saying. And I, it's repetition, right? Yeah. What you're looking at right now, what you're sitting across from is about a year and a half of making the cringiest videos that I've ever made in my life. Looking at a camera and being, hi, my name's Jacob, I DJ, or like, hi, this is what it would sound like if uh, Doja Cat was hip-hop. <laughs> so cringe, dude, so cringe. <laughs> and, and you know, what's funny is like, I know people who have, you know, talked shit about my content. Mm. I know, and there are people who I know, you know what I mean? Like, and, and the thing is, is like, it did bug me. It bugged me for a long time. I was like, and even the 100 Days of Scratching, see, seeing the numbers, mm. I'm like, yo, I even talked to Johnny about it too. You know, I was like, shouldn't I see the numbers go up? Mm-hmm. Aren't they supposed to go up? Nah, hold on, hold on. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Yes. Cool. That's the first step, right? Now that you're here in this situation, how can it be better? Cool. It's the second step. And that's the last step. Rinse and repeat. Mm. Right? I, I, people overcomplicate it. I did 100 days of scratching. It didn't pop. Fine. Did I get better at turntablism? Absolutely. Cool. Plus, right? What's next? 100 days of mixing. Okay. Maybe 100 days of scratching wasn't cinematically beautiful. Well, let me make it. You know, what What do I need? Okay. Camera's kind of expensive. Save up money. Oh, I can buy the camera now. Put on a tripod. Uh, I, I don't really like this mixing concept. Then shoot it again. Uh, I didn't really like this one. Then shoot it again. And if I told you, Pete, that my series was created in less than a week, would you believe me? Sounds pretty tough to do that. 100 days of mixing. I made it in three days. What the fuck? I crafted it out. I wrote down what I wanted to do with it. I stylized it. I tested it. I didn't sleep for a good majority of those three days. (laughs) I can't imagine. But I was was absolutely obsessed. Like... And it, it, it comes, it's like that natural coffee. Like I didn't need anything to kind of draw me in towards that thing. And again, am I saying that this is exactly how it's going to pan out for every person that's hearing this message? Absolutely not. But I urge you to find it because I, I can speak from experience. I'm not the richest person in the world. I don't have these crazy accolades, mm. but I'm absolutely pursuing the things that I want to pursue. And I'm not asking for, um, I'm not asking for permission. That's solid, dude. <laughs> Thanks, Dad deserves a round of applause. Now that we're talking about consecration, and I think you would agree with me here, with DJs and I'm sure just like musicians in general, content is almost like necessary for you to be out there, right? And I know more than a handful of DJs who refuse to do it. And, you know, maybe I'm just being pessimistic. But they'll tell me that they want to play for Coachella, these big festivals. And I'm like, how will they find you? <laughs> Do you expect them to knock on 
your door and be like, hey, dude, I want you to headline the next Coachella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to me, I don't know where that stems from because I think it just seems unattractive to them to kind of, like, preach or talk about themselves. Yeah. But I think that people always have to do that. Yeah. I think it's just different now. Back in the days, as like musicians, you would hand out your CDs. Paper flyers, yep. right? Paper flyers, you'd play in front of a beach or something. Sure. Set up stuff, like an empty bar, whatever is to pay your dues. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And now it's as easy as turning on a camera and putting yourself out there in front of a very scalable audience. Correct. But yet people are scared to do it. And I think it has do two things. One is they're scared to be seen in that way, right? It's like almost like selling out or the cheesy way of doing things. Yeah. And two, I think this is something we talked about a little bit earlier. They don't believe in themselves enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, dude. I, I think content creation is very uncomfortable. It's super comfortable. Because like you said, people before used to have a PR team. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, they, uh, every top DJ you knew had someone behind them with a camera that was dedicated towards you film this dj for this amount of time you edit for this dj that that gets posted and and that goes viral awesome but now you know you see all these djs and mind you there's an influx of djs there's too many djs i'm not saying that it's a bad thing but i'm just saying that now it's the line is blurred between what is good djing and what's (laughs) mediocre djing (laughs) (laughs) right thanks i am a dj lover at, at the core, I love the culture, hence why I submitted myself to 100 Days of Scratching. Um, it's, and even that is like crazy to some people, right? Mm. But what if I told you every turntablist who first started did a thousand days of scratching, million days of scratching, mm. right? Like, 100 is so small. It's just something that I did. Now we get to the topic of content creation combined with DJing. Again, I'm a 24 year old. What do I know? But I'll tell you what I've experienced, right? I saw this tweet that said, oh, now, you know, what it takes to become a good DJ is a 360 camera and cap cut. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think about it, to be quite honest with you, it's kind of true. Yeah. I agree. And I saw that tweet. I liked it. And I smiled for a second. And I was like, yeah, because that's what the times are. DJs are going to hate me when I say this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whew. All right, here it goes. Accolades are so impressive to me. I actually joined, you know, the the Beat Junkies Institute of Sound. Mm-hmm. I graduated from that school, and it was one of the best experiences I've had as a DJ, right? Um, so it's undoubted, undoubted. I undoubtedly care about my craft, and I really, you could again, you can't convince me that I don't care about DJing. I love DJing. It's why I speak so freely and passionately about it. But people who are like, oh, I can't do content, or I don't want to create content, you know, never had to do that. Well we're not living in that time frame where you never had to do that. Mm-hmm. We're living in a time frame where digital media is, you know, uh-oh, content is king. And is it so bad to learn how to become a videographer? As loose as a phrase as that is, do I consider myself a videographer? Absolutely not. I don't put the same exact amount of time that a videographer who is going full-time is putting, but I can guarantee you I'm putting a lot of effort, mm-hmm. maybe even the same amount of effort, and I'm just trying to apply it to my craft. What is so bad about that? What is so bad? And yes, I understand an extra step, 
but why is it easy for you to take a picture of your food? Why is it so easy to take a video of you watching something that's really fun, like a basketball game? And why can't you do it for yourself? Again, uncomfortable conversations. These are the, the ones that a lot of people try to avoid. They're like, and here's the common arguments. I don't have the space for it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. It doesn't take much to clear out a corner of a room. or And, and if you don't, if you don't, you can record a mix. I don't need to see you. I can just hear you. Yeah. Right? And if you can't do that, you can still practice. And maybe you are practicing. Again, it's hard to believe for me that, especially people who want to be DJs, they can't at least... Tyler, the creator, said this. Or he said something like this. Dude, if you love your craft, why are you not letting people know? Just let that sit. Yeah. Why? And chances are you're going to give me a bullshit excuse, right? Like I, the only reason I'm speaking on this so freely is because I called myself out on this. Mm. My excuse for the longest time was I'm not a good enough DJ. <laughs> well, who just told themselves that? I did. You know what I mean? And even as I, I put out my first video of 100 Days of Mixing and I saw imperfection, I did. I watched it. I watched it about a million times contemplated like ah dude should i just reshoot this one but no 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 no. i gotta realize even the best djs in the world are imperfect and when they were 24 they were probably making the same mistakes maybe they were making worse mistakes or maybe they were a prodigy doesn't matter to me that's their life yeah my life is jacob messina 100 days of mixing let me get better at being a dj let me make mistakes and again People who have seen me DJing, I am I guarantee they have seen me make mistakes. Guarantee. Maybe even done things that they probably wouldn't have done. And that's okay. It's just okay. Because when we're talking about improvement, it's expected to make mistakes. Who in their right mind is perfect at something when they first start? The best people realized that they were imperfect or the best people at their crafts realized that they were imperfect and they just sought to improve it. They didn't have that judgment compass going back and forth. I shouldn't do this. I don't know. I'm going to get judged. I shouldn't do this. No, they were like, I need to get better at this one skill. And that's all I'm going to do. All I'm telling myself is Jacob, you need to get better at mixing. You're, you're decent at best. You can mix two songs together, get better. You just saw me call myself out to how many viewers are going to watch this. Am I going to do it? Absolutely. Do I care about the judgment of others? No, because I've already told myself what I needed to tell myself. Yeah. Right? And that's why I really advise DJs, up-and-coming DJs, right? You know, yes, you see these very simple... This is going to even pivot deeper, okay? Bear with me. There are DJs who are already making content and making very consistent content, I applaud. For the podcast listeners, I applaud, right? Or excuse me, for the Spotify listeners, I, I applaud. I challenge you to make it better. If, it's, if you're making content and it's working, eventually, especially if you're making the same content, you're gonna hit that point where you're like, is this all I got? This is the best I can do? Referring back to the DJ who's like, hey, this crowd sucks. Right? Just hear that out loud. Hear that out loud. This crowd sucks. 
No, they don't. They came here to party. They came here to have a good time. At least let's just assume the best in people, mm. right? And the same is true for content. Is this the best that you got? Push, push the boundaries. You know who's someone who I really respect a lot? Like content creation, also DJ-wise? DJ Craze. Mm. I, if you haven't been inspired yet as a DJ, and especially if you're looking to be inspired, type up DJ Craze and type up the word tableism right after his name. It's his most recent video. Mm. And not only is he one of the most skilled DJs in the world, he is, his mind has elevated the game of DJing. Mm. Here we are in 2024, and yet he has still captivated me with a vinyl and a Technique 1200. At least I think that's the turntables he was using. But he is using turntables yeah. in the video, right? It's stuff like that. It's, it's um, are you familiar with Adrian Purr? on Instagram, yeah. mm -hmm. right? He made this one video, his first ever video, right? To announce his whole 365 day journey. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm tired of seeing the same videos. That was me as a DJ. And so that, that's exactly why I started my 100 days of scratching series was to show people, wait, there's other aspects of this. We don't have to subject ourselves to lists of songs that, you know, we have to mix together and point up to a screen and have this crazy editing, or we don't have to make mashups that don't even really make sense. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's about understanding what the craft is. The video I posted today are three songs from 2010 that I think go really well together as a mini mix. And that's it. There's no crazy screen that changes and flips around and says this. It is attention grabbing stuff. Literally just me sitting in my room practicing mixing nothing i wouldn't have done already um you know if i hadn't had that camera turned on right like a lot of people have turned djing into this at least at least what i see a lot of people have created djing as this online entity that it has to be this way to be successful now you see where dj is going and like the people who are getting booked to Sometimes it's the person who's getting the most eyeballs, right? Yeah. And that's also a very tough pill to swallow because mm -hmm. they might not necessarily be the most technically Correct. sound DJ. Correct. You know, and and maybe the event or venue is not hiring them for the fact that they are a good DJ. Correct. You know, and that comes with like a side of business, right? And Correct. that's that's sometimes like not for the culture. Yeah, yeah. But you have to be able to differentiate between the two. Yeah. Or you could just hate on it. Yeah. Which is what I feel like I see most of the time. It's just, ah, uh, they don't even fucking care. Like, that person fucking sucks. Like, they just like them because they're attractive or they have yeah, a lot yeah, of followers, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. X, Y, Z reason. Keep it going, keep it yeah, going, keep it and, going. And to me, I'm just like, dude, like, like, look at it from, like, a different perspective, right? Like, understand why... They don't book you and for me the biggest thing is like if you're not out there putting yourself out there through content correct you don't even have a leg to stand on correct first of all, right because you can't even compare it to like this person who's trying harder than you correct who might not be as like good of a dj quote unquote correct but at least they're attempting to put themselves out there they're setting themselves up for like success correct whereas you're like okay i expect people to find me and put me out there you know, and I think that's the thing. It's like having the mindset that you think things are just going to fall in your lap instead of creating these opportunities and prepping yourself for the day that opportunity arises 
you know, so that you're ready. But a lot of people don't do that. So it's like there's a a guest that we had on. His name is Andy Nguyen. And he's very good at curating things. Yeah. Like he just has an eye for it, right? Everything yeah, 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 from yeah. fashion to restaurants. And I asked him, I was like, how are you so good at this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like you just know the next hype thing or yeah, yeah. or how to blow up your next thing. Yeah, and, yeah. And he said that if I'm not excited about this enough to tell people, yeah, yeah, then it's not the right thing for me. Yeah. And I think about it very similarly, you know, yeah. like if you think you're so good and God's gift to everyone as the DJ, yeah. then why don't you put your shit out there and share it? You yeah. know, but if your goal is to be a bedroom DJ, then of course mm-hmm. keep yourself, you know, name yourself the world's greatest secret. Correct. No one will ever know. Mm-hmm. No biggie. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you expect to be out there, then I can't stand it when people say that they should have been chosen over the next person. When they Ooh, bro. Goosebumps. You know, to me, I think, especially now, uh, you know, I don't want to speak on it too much because maybe I'm my realm of expertise, but this is a big issue ever since streaming has become more of a thing. Yeah. And yeah. female DJs have become more prevalent. And I am all for like female DJs, right? 100%. Yeah. But during COVID, with the influx of new DJs, especially female DJs, there's been a huge following that they've gained mm-hmm. right because it just made sense like people are indoors you know the, the entertainment they got is you know let's watch a dj stream their set yeah and these djs female djs have gone to gain a lot of bookings correct and a lot of the people that here who are typically usually hating on these djs like oh like it's just because she's cute it's correct. just because this I'm like, damn. Correct. When was the last time you streamed anything? Correct. So if you don't have the same variables aligned, like I put in the same amount of hours streaming. Mm -hmm. I put in the same amount of hours creating content. Correct. If that's not apples to apples, how can you say that it's just because of their looks? You took the words right out of my mouth. Absolutely. Literally exactly what you're describing is the solution to this problem, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of DJs overcomplicate things or worse yet, they justify why they're not succeeding. Yeah. Right. But let's take it. Let's zoom out and let's do external, internal locus of control. External. Maybe you're not a female DJ. Maybe you're not even cute. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. But are you a DJ? Yes. What's the answer? Become a better DJ. Why is that hard? Oh, it's because it's hard work. Maybe then you're not supposed to be a DJ. Maybe you have to find another calling that, that Pete, I got to tell you something. The reason I stopped my sentence in my track is because what I was going to say in this video I made earlier about hating and stuff like that is like, I stopped hating so much because as soon as I found the thing that I was, I really enjoyed and I'm, you know, I, I feel like I'm drawn towards I had no time to hate. It is so freeing. It's ridiculous. Again, 24-year-old, what do I know? Mm -hmm. But I'm speaking from experience. I have not thought about a time in the past where, um, you know, like, I've even made this reasoning as to why I didn't get something. You want to know the the crazier plot twist? I've started getting gigs that I would have never dreamed of. Mm. P, 
Pete last year, I played at the Link Up. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember. That gave me goosebumps. <laughs> that was one of the best gigs I've ever had in my life. Dude, you want to know right. why I got it? Why? Because I posted videos. Oh, really? Of me scratching and making noise. <laughs> See? Create your own opportunities right there. And I played at gigs last year and even some this year. I can already I already know which ones are are starting to come in mm. that I would have never dreamed of playing. And I can confidently say that. I would have never dreamed it. And the the only reason as to why is I stopped comparing and I started creating. Just focused on your own journey. It is so it's a cheat code. And I don't know why no, I do know why. A lot of DJs perhaps might think like I can't do it. Like let's just go down the list. I'm not a female or I'm, you know, I'm not a crazy prodigy. I'm not this. Uh, okay, well, when you reach that bottom of the list, and then what? And then what? Right? Yeah. You're just avoiding the fact that I'm lazy or maybe I, I just internally, I don't feel like I'm good enough to be at that level. And sometimes that's okay. Right? But at least address it. You know, be un- say that. Say that to yourself. Like, yeah, you know what? I don't think I can reach that level. And then you might feel sorry for yourself. <laughs> right? Because yeah. I sure did. When I looked at myself in the mirror and I, so I do this frequently. I, I do this exercise quite a lot, actually. I'll stand in front of the mirror and I'll just say like what I think about myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It's, it's really weird. Like. <laughs> it sounds like a good exercise. It's, it's I great. Imagine. I used to do it when I used to compete. Mm. I used to say my doubts in the mirror. Uh, and, and, and something I know my, my close friends who have been in my room before have seen, I, I also do sticky notes a lot. So I'll write on a notepad, like a, a message to myself. Like one of them that I wrote was like, be the person, or excuse me, let me make it simpler. It says, pursue what you want. I'll just write that and I'll just leave it somewhere in my room. So maybe in the off chance that I'm video editing, I'm like, ah, I can't do this. Look to my right. Oh, cool. Back to editing. Right. That exercise about standing in front of a mirror, like a lot of people are afraid to even look at themselves in the eye, right? And, and I even challenge the people who are listening to this podcast and sadly, whoever has still sat through this <laughs> podcast and heard me, you know, talk for the past however long, I apologize again. But if you're still listening, right after you click pause on this podcast, just to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself what you think about yourself. <laughs> bro i tell you i and promise put it in you, the comments <laughs> so uncomfortable so uncomfortable <laughs> put it in the comments is crazy but the first time i did it was when i when i used to compete i used to tell myself you're gonna lose oh. <laughs> right like you're yeah. gonna lose and and another one i used to say is like like you're not tall enough hmm. right like and again do i still struggle with these not really I was almost going to say yes. Mm, yeah, I saw. You, you saw me change it, right? Yeah, I saw the little bit of reluctancy. In. I haven't doubted my capability. Uh, excuse me. I understand physical appearances and things like that, and, and it can definitely play a huge factor. But I am a five foot four, five foot five on a good day, <laughs> Filipino, Asian, that's decent looking, and I played at a gig that I, I dreamed to play at. What's there stopping you? Not you, Pete. <laughs> but let me uh, pick up the text yeah. real quick. Pete I'll is the next big DJ. <laughs> He's streaming every day. Yeah. <laughs> but is it is it not 
why are we why did we stop believing in ourselves you know what i mean like or at least some people and again i understand there's reasons but don't you think i have some of my own mm-hmm. right i'm not trying to say that you know the next dj down the line doesn't have this issue or you know they're, they're not going through a very difficult mental battle mm-hmm. but hey if you're we got to separate the this is very sensitive territory we have to be able to call ourselves out when we know we could be doing more is that not fair to say no it's fair and i think a lot of people don't do that because it's a mindset thing right you have either a fixed mindset or you have a growth mindset correct and you have to determine which way you're gonna go with it if you're fixed then nothing's ever gonna be your fault and you you'll never grow right because everything all these variables are exterior from yourself correct if you have a growth mindset it's more like okay what do i do next correct where do i go from here but to be able to understand where you are is the first step yeah a lot of people don't know they just think they feel a certain way and that's just how things are right but really take a look at yourself in the mirror right and really saying like oh am i doing everything possible or am i just accepting things as they are right right and to some people that's a hard pill as well because oh shit you mean i've been just fucking slacking off for the past couple of years that I could have been better i could have been actually playing at these big gigs and i didn't give them at all correct but also you gotta realize like hey everyone goes at their own pace and maybe you just weren't ready yet correct but you can be now you could change correct you know like you don't mean you know people always say like oh yeah like I can't wait to achieve these things next year. Yeah, yeah. What about the next day? Yeah. You know, the next hour. Like, you are never the same person over again. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah, day yeah. to day even. You're, yeah. you're actually a different person. Yeah. You know, everything that you took from the past day, you are now a different person. Yeah. You, But you have to allow yourself that change, though. 100% agree. Yeah, I don't you, think a lot of people do, though. You know, the thing is that I, I really agree, or I want to emphasize what you said, is this idea of, like, if I can be better... Why am I telling myself I should be better by this year when I can tell myself I'll be better by tomorrow? That was so huge. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I, I realize something every year I want to get better at something. Right. And I thought to myself, I'll, I'll just give it time. I'm going to get better at videography. And no, no, you're not. Because probably in a week from now, I'll probably make an excuse. Knowing me, I am a very lazy person, believe it or not. It doesn't matter. I am a lazy person and I know it. I am a very self-defeating person and I know it. Mm. But something I've learned, especially, again, I'm not chalking this up to losing my mom to be the end-all be-all like, oh yeah, that's exactly why I'm them. No, it's because I stopped making those excuses for myself and I said, no, I'm not going to get better. I'm not going to wait till the end of the year to get better at videography. I just posted one of the best videos I've ever made just the other day because I decided to give myself an extra day to record. Oh, now I know that I, it's possible. Now it's, now I know it's in me. A lot of people just don't know what their level of, you know, success can be. Yeah. And I think, uh, very similar to how you were talking about like very concrete answers. Yeah. Like a lot of people allow themselves that leeway, like how I do, Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I think it was like Elon Musk who says, like, give yourself a week to clean the house, it'll take you a week. Give yourself a day to clean the house, you'll clean it in a day. 
Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of like the mindset. It's like you you don't want to commit almost. Yeah. Yeah. So you say like, oh, I I want to get I want to improve in videography. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That doesn't give you like a time frame to do it. Yeah. So you're just like, oh yeah, maybe I'll do it next week. Yeah. A month from now, a year yeah, from yeah, now, yeah, you yeah. know. But also, I think there's something that I recently learned, and this I think holds true to me very much as of lately, and that is like. If you don't follow the plan all the way through, mm-hmm. allow yourself some grace. Mm-hmm. Know that it might not have been perfect. At least you tried to attempt it. Mm-hmm. And then go back to the drawing boards and do it again. Correct. Because what a lot of people do is like once they mess up on whatever goal that they make, like at any point, whether it's the first day, 29th day, whatever, they're like, well, I already fucked up. Might as well just continue fucking up. Correct. You know, you hear this a lot about people on diets, right? 75 like hard. 75 hard, stuff like that. You mm-hmm. start all the way back at zero. Yep. Right? But that's something that you got to keep yourself accountable for. Correct. But again, you know, understand, like, while you might have gone back to zero from day 74, which would suck. Yeah. Understand that you got that far in the first place. And Correct. Now you just got to tweak a couple things to get to the 75th day. Correct. I, that, that is so important, what you just mentioned. Because you hear me on the opposite end of this table jawjacking about like, yo, hustle, push hard. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, I got myself into some trouble doing all that, right? Mm-hmm. There were nights that I wouldn't eat or I would go sleepless just because I had to finish a project. Or there were times that I was neglecting my relationships. Dude, that's dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. Um, there was this uh, movie that really hit me Uh, and made me realize it. Um, I can't remember what movie it was exactly. It was something on Netflix that I was just watching. I just threw it on in the background. One of the things, the characters, was a very successful doctor. His thing was, I want to become the best doctor in the world, help as many people as I can, Mm -hmm. right? And he ended up leaving his personal relationship to go pursue becoming this worldwide international doctor, a savior of the world. And he, he, he said... He was even in Africa saving children. He actually got to one of the highest, most beautiful viewpoints in, in Africa. Wow. And he was just sitting there watching the view and he was just like, God, I made it. But you want to know what, what his realization was? He was, he was looking straight and then he looked to his left. Oh, nobody. Looked to the right. Oh, nobody. By himself. And it's the same. Uh, my coach used to tell me this. You know, it's like you can want everything. So there's this king who... I don't know if it was the king, it could have been any character. He bought gold spray paint because mm-hmm. he wanted everything gold. Like, not just the color of spray paint, actual gold inside a spray paint can. If fiction, right? Yeah, of course. Sprayed his whole house. And he was like, yes, finally, I got my riches. Like, I have this, everything that I wanted, it's here. And he just looked at the stuff, right? And then he looked at his, this, uh, it could have been any furniture in his room. And because, you know, gold is shiny and things like that, he only saw his reflection and he was like, dude, I'm by myself in this, you know, place. And that's the, that's the opposite spectrum of underworking. Correct. Yeah. Is like, and, and you know, who was there to help me is Lonnie. She was there to tell me, you know, like, Hey, I understand that you, you have this big goal and this big aspiration, but you have to also ground yourself back to planet earth. Yes. You might be Sasuke somewhere, <laughs> but even he needed help. Yeah. Right, like, and and that's why anime is is just too good. It's too good because they think of everything, right? Because if they let Sasuke go unhinged, right, he'd probably become the next like Orochimaru. That's really getting nerdy into this, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, Vin gets it, you get it. He could have been someone evil, absolutely yeah. evil, but 
Naruto, Sakura, like, they're like, nah, dude, like, nah. That's to pull him back. Pull him, you know, humble Itachi yourself. He had to be a good guy after all. He, 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 he was always a good guy, wasn't he? Right? Spoiler alert. Sorry. If, I mean, who hasn't watched Naruto, but, you know, but, <laughs> like, I got to, I got there. There's my problems. So, you know, we talk about all the issues of the lack, speaking in deficit, but what, what happens when you speak too much in surplus, right? And that's what issues I face as a content creator too, is there will be days that I'm, I'm telling you like seven hour days. And I know this, those sound crazy. It didn't feel like seven hours to me. You know what it felt like? Five minutes. And I was ready to go again. There are days I'll shoot three videos. There are days, there are days that I'll shoot five. And again, not saying that, you know, everybody has different situations in life. Some people have a nine to five job they have to go to. I am blessed with the opportunity to have more time to do these certain things. And I get, again, I am speaking in terms of my current situation. But something that doesn't change in any person is mindset, right? Like, yes, you and I, Pete, are in different situations. You still have a positive mindset. Mm -hmm. You just do. And I'm being honest because that exudes and it shows on to me. What is there to tell me that I can't have that positive mindset? I'm taking care of my grandma. You're taking care of your parents. Okay, let's go down the list. You know, we could keep going, but really the answer becomes like, I can be positive too. So probably should be. It's just that easy. There you go. (laughs) Solid enough, I would say. So I want to say thank you for uh, Jacob coming on and being so transparent and inspiring, dude. Like, I know we talked about some DJing stuff, but we definitely talked more about life than anything. So, um, yeah, let the crowd know where they, they can find you. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, thank you, Pete, for having me. It was an absolute honor to be a part of this podcast. Um, you can find me on all social medias at Jacob Nasina, with Jacob with a K, not with a C. J-A-K-O-B. And thank you guys for watching all the way through. This is definitely one of the more extended episodes. Maybe we'll make it for our Patreon or something. But uh, make sure you guys like, subscribe, and comment below what you guys want us to talk about next time. And remember, live live fast, eat ass. ass.